Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. Real quick, because this is a, a long episode that's worth every minute of it. So let me just tell you very quickly that Ruben Alcantara opens up the podcast. There's a lot of good stuff in there from Ruben about the inspiration for Fingers Crossed uh, that go back pretty far, back to 2006. So it starts off with about 12 minutes of Ruben, and then it switches over to Garrett, and uh, he does a real good job talking about it from uh, his perspective. So have fun with it, and uh, if you don't have long drives like I do, just take your time, chip away at it, because it's worth every minute, like I said. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you all soon. Hey everyone, this is Curtis Cantwell from Powers Bike Shop. Just wanted to let y'all know, if you need anything BMX related, hit us up at powersbikeshop.com and you can even get free shipping off any order over $100 with promo code POWERMOVE. This is Nina Butrago and you're listening to the BMX in Our Blood podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello. Well... All this started in, by 2006 or seven. We were, we were filming for, for Grane, for the video. And we went to Vancouver and I got to meet these very cool people. And, and they also, after, after the trip, I always, normally I try to spend a few days in each country or place I go. So after the filming in Vancouver, uh, I stay with these guys. Uh, Her roots is a photographer, Eric Porter, Darcy, um, and yeah, they showed me around. We went one day to ride Whistler. We mountain all these with mountain bikes. So and, and I remember we went to Whistler and and I rode down. You know, we we rented a, a bike for me. They hooked it up. Um, uh, yeah, we went down to this line, it's called A-Line, and it was so much fun. Uh, the feeling of just going up in the chair left and just go down those trails, it was super fun. And the thing is, like, they were really well made, and and the jumps, it kind of feel like really easy, you know, like when you go down with those bikes. And all the time, I remember I was going down, trying to do things with the, with the mountain bike, like, to loosen it up and do something. I didn't respond, you know, like your BMX. So all the time I was going down this line thinking like, man, I wish I could ride this with, with my BMX, you know, like, but yeah, obviously you need a little bit of suspension because those trails, they're pretty long and they cannot maintain it like a regular set of trails, you know. It's always like some little rocks or a little bit of bumps and, and stuff. But mostly all the jumps and everything was really, really smooth. So yeah, I was thinking, keep thinking that was like, man, I think I can. I think I can make one thing happen, you know, like with the BMX with suspension. So it's funny, like uh, yeah, I got back home and and work on it. I had this idea to, you know, after thinking a lot, I had this idea to have like no gear changes because I remember one thing I, I didn't like it was all the noise with the gear changes in the mountain bike, and you don't need, really need to pedal in this kind of this type of bike parks. So. I came up with this idea of 
make the back suspension pivot in the in the BB so that your chains can always stay tight. And yeah, I have thinking in in things from the past. I remember this GT frame that had a really big bashwar, and then I thought the idea I had this bearing, a very weird bearing, American size, really thin from an old cranks too. And I was like, man, I think I can fit uh, American BB over the, over the Spanish BB with this bearing. So yeah, I machine by by hand. I kind of fire around the Spanish BB a little bit to make the bearing fit, and that bearing fit in the American BB. So that was my pivot point using a a one frame and a GT frame. It's funny, but because when I have to get the grinder to cut the the T1 frame, I was like, oh my god, what I'm doing. <laughs> But it worked out really good. So yeah, my friend, he used to work in a bike shop. He hooked me up with a few chucks. But obviously they were maybe not great. I didn't know anything about how they work or anything. So I put it all together and it worked really good, actually. But I, I keep just blowing chucks and experiment things. And the fork, I couldn't find any fork for 20 inch. So I adapt a regular fork with this extension to reduce like three inches. So the wheel was set regular to the bridge in the fork. But all this was really handmade. I rode it for a while, it was super fun. But yeah, I keep breaking things. Um, I kind of leave the project in the side. I was so busy doing writing all these things. And I kind of leave it in the side. Um, and then one time, like recently, I was, I started riding more mountain bikes. Uh, I met this guy and very, very good friend now who was building these kind of trails like down the hill, but they were really well made, almost like you could ride it with your BMX, but same thing, you're going very fast and there's some bumps or whatever. So I was riding there every day, having so much fun. Um, but I was thinking that, I was like, man, like, this thing would be amazing with a, with a BMX. So, so I was like, okay, let's put it together again. Now I know a little bit more about suspension stuff. So I went back to the project. It was like in my storage, like all, all and a little corrosion because this is like, yeah, 13 years ago, I don't know how. So put it back together again, figure out like a better system for the fork, use like a better fork I have, uh, bought, bought like a, a switch for my mountain bike, the, the chuck. And then that thing started work really, really good. I couldn't believe it how good it was even compared with the mountain bike because it, i feel i have like less flex and and the small wheels gets gets more speed in the bumps and also the main thing is the top tube in the mountain bike is really high so always you hit a jam and you want to do like a little motor a little whip always you know so if you used to to the vmx the top two always hits you your knee right away you can barely move and then when i ride with this bike i feel all that much room you know and, so you can just ride it how how you want how you how you can do it and also i figured out all these things too because the wheels are a little smaller and stronger it's less flex so you can do a whip and you when you land sideways you don't have the rebound or the flex of the of the big wheels you know so it's pretty cool you can just ride down do a whip land sideways and you don't even feel that, that you land wrong you can keep going and keep your speed and that it gives you it gives you such a cool feeling of riding a bike. You can just go fast and jump whatever you want, land sideways, and 
the thing takes everything really smooth. It's really cool. Very, very quiet compared with a mountain bike. With a mountain bike, when you learn a little hard, you know, all the gear, change, gear changing stuff make noise. The, the frame is really big, flex a little bit. The wheels flex a little bit. It's, I don't know, this thing works really good. The thing is, like, I have two mountain bikes, very, very good quality. One's a, a Trek, a slow bike, and other one is Enduro, uh, intense, very good brand too. And I ride three bikes in that track. And I'm hands down the best bike in that track is the BMX, like way down. Like sometimes I take both bikes, so my friends, some of my friends can try the track and try the bike. And then when I jump in the mountain bike, I'm like, oh my god, I can move in this thing. It's so I feel so limited. And then when I jump back in the BMX, I like, oh my god, this is amazing. So yeah, it's I mean for some type of tracks and these kind of new bike parks, they're building everywhere. I think this bike is is amazing. And um, I don't know. And if you know if you know how to ride BMX, you're gonna appreciate it a lot, and you're gonna have so much fun riding this type of bike parks. They're really cool. They're really long, really long parks. The jumps are kind of big, but really easy. With the suspension, it gives you right away like a fifty percent of margin for what you think you can crash. You know, so yeah, it makes riding a lot more fun too in that way. Uh, and yeah, it's been yeah, it's been great. It's been great working with 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 this, having so much fun. Sometimes I feel like a completely like a little kid, like ten years old. Each time I figure out something new, I try like a new thing in the bike, and works that good. I'm like, oh my god, so amazed. Even these days, I'm, I figure out pumping more the chucks and doing some adjustments that you can even ride regular trails. If it's a little slower, slower. But you make it through everything and in a cool way, really good for your body. I have some back issues and, and this helps a lot. I can ride some days when the trails are good and we spend the day. We ride between five and six hours in one day. And I feel great. I feel tired in the end of the day, but not sore or like or anything like that. And I don't remember the last time I rode five or six hours. I don't feel like that either. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Riding for me now is again, it's like a, a new thing again. Like I feel like a, yeah, I feel like I'm 18 again. Like I'm running pretty much every day. Um, yeah, having a lot of fun. Um, really good feeling in nature. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, and yeah, we we as you see, we're working in this. We start doing these episodes, you know, just for fun. And it's doing pretty good, you know, and yeah, I think a lot of people that watch it, they, they love it. We're having a lot of good responses. We can't wait to put the first episode out. And uh, yeah, the theme so far will be cool to keep doing these episodes and, and, and sharing that with people because I think a lot of people is going to love it. <clears throat> And uh, what else? Oh, also too, like the bikes were so good. We still, you know, now we we doing drawings or whatever. We trying to do like a few prototypes in Taiwan and and see where we go for, you know. And I don't know if we would do like a bike company or not or not, but definitely we wanna make some just for fun. Um, and let's see. I guess let's see how how things go. So far, we're taking it easy, having a, 
a bike company it can be really stressful and I love in life right now and hopefully we can figure out something to make it an easy way and and maybe make some we'll see everything's in the air like love <laughs> um yeah love is in the air we'll see and uh, yeah and um, oh other thing too like working all this process too like in the last year or two now i was talking to garrett a lot about it he was really into it and i have so much fun and being you know like we went back and forth with videos text messages to kind of tell him things how to make it figure out things finding forks and the day we came and rode together was yeah it was one of the best days in my life we have a really good experience and and we hope to keep doing it and having fun and now it's like a new thing you know like experiment to go to to ride all these bike parks they're all different they're really cool it's, it's so much out there now even to to look for and and a kind of easy and fun for your body and yeah we're very excited for the near future and i don't know i think it's it if you have more questions you can ask and maybe i can send it i can know the audio i probably missed something i don't know but it's a lot of stuff Okay, we'll talk to you soon, amigos. Ciao, ciao. You don't get that many listens to someone talking over something that is nonsense, that they just don't understand. Well, I mean, I had a lot to say. <laughs> but I usually do. Is, I talk a lot. But it was perfect because instantly, as soon as people started listening to it, it was, oh my God, this is what we needed. This is what everyone needed. And... You know, obviously, we had some people that were more vocal than others, like uh, Murphy Machado. Um, but the messages coming back were just, it, it was pretty. Uh, yeah, honestly, like, I think we're all one in the same because mm-hmm. we all ride, we all have a passion, and we change our lives according to that passion. Mm-hmm. You know, where we miss family gatherings, we. You know, push things, we're late for work, we leave work early. And I mean, uh, everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's yeah. it's a bigger part of your life than you think it is. Yeah. You know? And everybody, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I talk to every one of my friends. Oh yeah, I'm ditching work early today because I want to go to the trails or I'm going here, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I can get some riding in on Saturday, I can do this. And right. I mean, I have it two times over because I have it with surfing and riding. Oh, right. So it's like, I'm like the worst employee ever because I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm sick today, there's waves. And then I want to ride on Friday, so I'm leaving early. So it's like, but whatever. I don't need to work that much. No. <laughs> Just enough to get by. Right. What I was getting at with the uh, with the first podcast is, and I listened to it on the way here, again, listened to it a few times, and it connected because what you said was, I can't tell you about the highs without talking about the lows. Mm-hmm. And that's how it transitioned into talking more in depth about the lows so that you'd really understand and appreciate the highs for yourself, not for anybody else. I mean, at least I feel like that's that's your own, that's how you feel about it. Yeah. That resonated with so 
with so many people once you got into the like the both sides of it because it's basically we all have great days we all have horrible days mm-hmm. and that's what clicked so. yeah yeah honestly like my <clears throat> my life in the last six to eight months has been a complete roller coaster and it's been I mean all all on the good side of things because I've been trying to work towards uh, I guess self preservation <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because um, I probably be probably about I guess it's in August, so it's probably like six, seven, eight months back. Um, I was skating, and I I just went to the skate park with a friend of mine, and it was like a little wet, but it was you know I've skated in complete rain before. I skated since I was eight years old, mm-hmm. so like. It wasn't a big deal, but I went mm-hmm. over like this roller, and on the back side there was like this little puddle. You wouldn't even thought of it, you know, mm-hmm. if you're riding or doing anything else. True. But I skated. It made my wheels a little slippery, mm-hmm. and I ended up in a backside kind of board slide. My back wheel slid out, and it flipped me backwards. Mm-hmm. And there was a tranny behind me because it was a roller into a tranny. Mm-hmm. So it flipped me into the other tranny, and I hit the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And of course, I wasn't wearing a helmet because we were just cruising around and nothing at the park's any bigger than three feet, four feet. So mm-hmm. it's a tiny little park. And um, I hit my head. Yeah. And at first, like, you know, I was knocked out for like two seconds, but it was, I, I mean, I've had way, way worse sure. head injuries than that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then I started kind of like just feeling dizzy and almost like almost just kind of confused mm-hmm. and I talked to my friend and I said well I don't think I should drive because I'm kind of dizzy and mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I need I think I need to just lay down and figure out you know get my bearings and um, I went to his house and I laid on his couch and I started throwing up and I was oh, like no. oh god yeah, right, right. <laughs> obviously that's a you know that's kind of a, a precursor to or a post-cursor, I should say, to a head injury, like a decent head injury. Mm-hmm. So I went to the hospital, started throwing up more, and then, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, crap, like, what what I do? But I was still able to, like, walk around. I was just dizzy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what the heck? Like, you know, this is, you know, what what did I just do? And it was something so simple, and you would never even, I mean, it'd be like slipping on ice in your driveway. Sure. And um, I went to, my my family was really concerned, so my sister made an appointment for me at um, the hospital for special surgeries in Manhattan. Okay. They have an amazing head trauma unit. And I went to this um, doctor, her name was Dr. Shetty. Mm-hmm. And she was unreal, like, she's an unreal uh, in the neuro- neurological, neurological field. And, um, she kind of took me in with her team. There was like four or five guys and her, and they all kind of did, you know, did like a little study on me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got a brain scan. I had to, I got rid of my phone for, I think it was four or six weeks Mm -hmm. and had to get a flip phone because I wasn't allowed to look at any screens. I had to wear sunglasses. I couldn't, I more or less, we had to go, I had to take off work because mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. 
and mm-hmm. I had vertigo, so I was really dizzy. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, everything was just kind of scattered. Like I was just really scattered. But I had to wear sunglasses every day, which was really funny because, like, you know, I'm just sitting inside with sunglasses. I can't watch TV. Mm-hmm. I can't read because I can't look at anything. Right. Can't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just an interesting, like, four to six weeks of really understanding what it's like to kind of not be able to do much anything and just kind of sit and be calm and just relax yourself and focus on healing. And then they got my, um, my, they did a brain scan on me and MRI. And it's funny because they did an MRI at the regular hospital and they're like, Oh yeah, you're fine. Just normal concussion. Go ahead. Uh And then we went to, um, hospital for special surgery and they did a brain scan on me mm-hmm. and the brain scan came back and they're like okay we want to just come in we could just talk about your you know your results what or... yeah the results of your brain scan like what we think and mm-hmm. I was like okay that sounds good so I go in and uh, they're like okay well we got the brain scan results and I was like oh cool and I had already kind of known a little bit because I talked to the radiologist right. and he was like oh so you're a bike rider and I was like yeah and he goes, what do you do? And I was like, oh, you know, jump stuff. But I ride mountain. I ride pretty much any kind of bike. It doesn't matter. Right. And I was trying to downplay it because I didn't want like, you know, because I'm dealing with this and I don't need another thing on the plate, especially explaining because I was just kind of not in the best place. Right. So I was trying to kind of go under the radar. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, hey, I, I looked you up. I looked you up while you were getting your brain scan. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> And he goes, no, this is really interesting. He's like, come in here, come in here. So I was like, okay. And he goes, I have football players. He goes, I have, you know, this Dr. Shetty works with the New York Giants. She works with a lot of major head trauma cases around New York area. So it was uh, it was really cool to get to work with her and her team. Mm-hmm. But this guy came in and he goes, hey, listen, this is um, this is your brain scan. He's like, take a look, all these little white dots on your brain mm-hmm. are little proteins that happen when you get like a head trauma. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, that's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm a radiologist. And he goes, I, he's like, I snowboard and I ski. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it looks, he's like, your scan looks pretty bad. But he goes, I've seen worse. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I've seen one worse. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's not good. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, there's a, um, a female kickboxing coach. Uh-huh that uh, coached for 30 or 40 years and she was worse than you. And I was like, okay, well, awesome. That's great. But he goes, I'm a snowboarder. He goes, I get it. You're not going to stop doing what you're doing. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. And he's like, just be careful, wear a helmet, do what Mm -hmm. you can. Right. So that was radiologist. And I went to my meeting with uh, Dr. Shetty and and her team. And um, she sat me down and she's like, you're not going to want to hear this, but... <clears throat> you should stop you should stop riding today you shouldn't ride anymore like you just have to stop and I was like okay that's your opinion um, okay I, I get it right. and she's like right. you have the equivalent of 40 concussions on your brain Sure. she goes we ask most um, football players to retire with 20 you know up with 15 to 20 concussions on their brain so she's like, you've almost doubled that of a retirement of an NFL player. And I was like, 
okay, I feel pretty good though. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know where, where we're supposed to go here. And she's like, well, there's only one person worse. I've seen worse than this. And I'm like, what was it? Like a female kickboxer. And she's like, how did you know that? And I was like, I talked to the radiologist <laughs> right, and she's right. just like laughing at me. And I was like, see, I, I remember that. I was oh, like, I'm doing okay. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah, we'll put you through our tests and see mm -hmm. what you come out on the other end of, yeah. you know, but she's like, as far as I'm concerned, she's like, you should be doing no sports that you have any sort of contact to your brain. And I'm like, what's that entail? And she goes, well, she's like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I ride, I surf, I skate, I play soccer with my son, I ride go-karts, ride motocross, ride anything I, anything with two wheels with a motor or not, I'm on. That's right. just my life. That's the way I've always done it. And she's like, yeah, stop that. Stop. I was like, stop everything? And she said, yeah, stop everything. So I was like, obviously you don't know who you're talking to first off. Yeah, right, right. Because anytime somebody tells me to stop, it kind of pushes me, right. pushes me harder into right. where I'm going. Yeah. So it's a really, that was a really tough thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I was really good. For that six to eight, eight weeks, I focused, I did exactly what they told me. Mm -hmm. I did, I wore the sunglasses. I didn't look at my cell phone. We didn't watch TV. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't read. I didn't do anything. I more or less just walked around, right. talked to people here and there. Yeah. And that was really it. And uh, I, I was like, it gave me a lot of time to think about everything. Mm -hmm. At the same time, simultaneously, my son's mom decided to kind of do her own thing, which left me with full custody of my son. So at the same time, I went from being a dad, well, you're always a dad, but I mean, having custody of him three to four days a week to seven days a week. So that was a huge change. At the same exact time, I'm getting these head injury results. So for me, I'm like, my brain is just kind of, I'm trying not to stew on anything too much, right, right. but at the right. same time, I'm just really thinking about, okay, moving forward, it's not just me anymore. It's me and I'm taking care of somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I have to really think about things differently because it isn't just me putting out you know, worried about putting out like a video for myself, like, Hey, I have to push myself for me and I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, this person just told me I can't, the neurologist told me I can't ride a bike anymore. Uh -huh. And I have to take that into consideration because there's something I can do tomorrow that can have lasting damage to make me not be able to raise my son the way I want to raise him and to give him the things that he should have you know, any, any kid should have. And, uh, it just, that really kind of hit a nerve with me because I was like, holy shit. Like for the first time, it kind of makes sense not to ride in my, in my head. But at the same time, that's only probably 20% of my feeling. Cause the other 80% is still hard on, Hey, this is what you've known your whole life. Like, how are you going to change that? Because, you know, the things that I've talked of in the past, depression mm -hmm. and all these things that kind of just pop up and happen. And when you drop your passion in life, 
you know, the, the depression comes up so much faster and it's just a really, it, it was a really slippery slope of like, okay, like I know the way I am when I don't ride and when I don't have a passion in my life and I didn't want to get back to that place. But at the same time, everybody's telling me to stop my family, you know, the doctors, every, everybody, everybody was saying stop. And even some of my friends, they're like, Hey, maybe you should like think about like not riding as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So that happened and it just left me in this place to where I really think about, you know, what, what was important. And I didn't ride for like, you know, including that head injury, like for, for probably four months or so. Wow. And no in that, riding at all? No, no riding at all. This would have been after I would have last seen you at Posh, maybe? Yeah, well, actually, I did ride a little bit. I rode, <laughs> I rode now that you're saying that, like, I rode at Posh, uh-huh. and if you didn't notice, like, that day, I went because I was trying to see, like, if I could still do it. Oh, okay. And... Yeah. I try not to think about that too much because I went there and I wasn't in the right Mm headspace and I didn't want to miss it, but I didn't want to be off my bike at the same time. And jumping some of the jumps, like I noticed I was like two to three feet off in either direction. Like everybody's like, oh, you're going to ride like the high air? And I was like, no, I like promised myself I wouldn't because I don't want to make myself, I don't want to push myself. But that was the one time where I just kind of said, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. then I pulled back and I was like, okay. And then I didn't ride again for a while. And I was like, I just need to really just kind of. Sure. Because that was, you know, anybody that was there, know I rode a little bit, but not much. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't me. It wasn't like the way I feel comfortable sure. riding. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you pull back from there and you're just kind of like, oh, shit. Like, okay, I got to think about this again. Yeah. Because I went there with the intention of not riding and bring uh-huh. your bike somewhere and like, oh yeah, I'm just going to ride there. I'm not mm-hmm. going to actually ride. Right. You know what? All right. I, uh, Joe Rich sent me a nice email of covering just a, a, a few things, but in that, uh, there was one paragraph and I think it's going to kind of lend itself a, it's just going to be a good place to put this I think it's everything we talked about before but I it just occurred to me that this is exactly what you're talking about because we talked about before like no one's going to once you get in that zone you're going to do it nothing's going to stop you from doing it mm-hmm. and I think I had even mentioned responsibility but I didn't I didn't understand exactly how it was in your mind, mm-hmm. in probably Joe's, well, the people that you actually talked about in the first podcast, they're all people that are well aware of this because they're part of exactly what you explained. They know they can't stop you, but they want to be there for you. Yeah. Because if anything goes wrong, they'll be there for you, but they know better. Like Ruben wasn't going to stop you from jumping the road. Yeah. Doing the road gap yeah. thing. So Joe wrote something I thought was pretty interesting. I'm going to. He says, he said, so there have been times when Garrett and I have talked and at the end of it, he's told me how nice it is to talk to someone that gets it. Now, just to be clear, I'm not tooting my own horn here. Rather, it has to do with the way our lives have gone and how writing and our experiences have shaped us as people. With Garrett being a father, holding down a full-time union job, 
has a girlfriend that is successful and a son of her own, and his parents that have seen Garrett go through so much over the past four decades, you put that all together and he can, he can very easily find himself in some of the good ideas that he has focused in on with one eyebrow raised. Because there's part of us that never changes. Even though there might be so much quote-unquote responsibility in our lives, there's still the part of our lives that, that just makes us say, fuck yeah, I want to do this. And this makes perfect sense to us. But to those that care about him on the outside, it's as if they are amazed and even could possibly be upset that this part of him still exists. So I know there are times when Garrett has gotten a bit from every angle and he even starts to question himself. But then it takes a good talk with a close friend that knows and loves him as well and has been through a lot and also shares that fire within to align themselves by conversation or story. It instills that feeling and confidence that this is just who he is deep down. Yeah. It's sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. you're willing to sacrifice everything for mm-hmm. this one piece of your life, mm-hmm. which most people don't understand because a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. really anything. Mm. And it's crazy to me because you see people firsthand sacrifice their. You see him sacrifice their health, and like you see him sacrifice all these different things, and it's like you sacrifice your health to work ninety hours a week to get into this car that you know you can barely afford or this house that you can barely and for me it's like all that stuff went by the wayside when I was like 18 years old 20 years old where I was just like I found something that made me feel whole and at the same time so it it surrounds you with people that have a like view on life Mm -hmm. which is really hard to find mm-hmm. in anything besides sports that you're willing to put everything on the line every mm-hmm. second. And I mean, nobody thinks about it that way, but as you get older, you do think about it that way mm-hmm. because you're like, every time you go out and you hit a jump or you're riding down the street and who knows, like who knows what can happen? I mean, I was skating in a skate park and I hit a puddle and it's like, for me, mm-hmm. it's like, we all have injuries. Joe's had a crazy injury. What I have is like a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Look at Scotty. Look at Aiken. Mm-hmm. Look at Brett. Like all these guys that had these injuries and like they're life changing. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like all I can do is think about it and use it all to kind of move forward in that direction of, mm-hmm. hey, listen. There isn't one person that rides that gets an injury that's like, it seems like the worse the injury is, the more they come back and the harder they fight and the more they're like, bring it on. What's next? Uh And for me, that changed everything for me because now I'm like thinking about things and I'm like, you know, I always thought about that anyway. I'm always thinking about like, what's next? Like, you know, am I going to get hit by a car? Am I going to get cancer? Am I going to do this or that? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. Uh-huh. Bring it on. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll fight with whatever's in front of me. I'll fight it. Mm-hmm. And it just flipped that. Like, because I used to get to the place where I was like, I would think about things and it would put me into this hole to where I didn't want to go outside. And now I'm like, okay, like try to get outside every day. Like even mm-hmm. if I'm not working and my son's at school and I'm not, and I'm just sitting here. Mm-hmm. 
go out, if I have to spend $10 to eat lunch, just to go sit around people and just go eat lunch. And I feel like mm -hmm. alive more where I, you sit in a hole and you start stewing on things and you think about things and you drive yourself crazy. So you just make yourself go outside and do something. Mm -hmm. But it just turned that fight in me where it was just like, hey, nothing's going to stop me. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that moves, <laughs> that moves things forwards. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to ride. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to surf. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I might not take the biggest risks. And I might not take, you know... I might not see something and be like, well, there's a chance I can make this. It's like from now on, I'm doing things that I know I have a chance in doing mm -hmm. and I'm 100% on and I'm totally confident, which most people still might look at and be like, You're, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, sometimes you know, that, I think that comes from people like myself that aren't at that skill level that will look at it and say, you're nuts, but you've felt it before yeah. in whatever it is that you've done. So it's that doesn't make that, that that's not how you're thinking about it. Yeah, and if I stop riding today, then I'm gonna. That's gonna. It's gonna surface somewhere else. <laughs> right. It's like right, a mole right. comes up and you put your hand over the mole hole. It yeah. comes up down the other. So it's like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna be skydiving. I'm gonna go right. rent a Ferrari. Right. I'm gonna drive 200. You know, I right. talked to Hoffman one time, and he was like, he was injured, and he was over in Germany one time, and he's like, I just needed like a. He's like, I needed a high, so I rented a you know, Italian sports car and drove 200 miles an hour. So it's like everybody has that thing where it just like comes up yeah, and you're just yeah, like, yeah. holy cow, like I get it uh -huh. and they get it. Yeah. So they understand. And, um, you know, it would have a way of, of showing itself, right. whether it be, you know, skydiving or driving fast or, right. you know, something, right. just some way of, you know, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be farther in the opposite direction of, any kind of drugs or alcohol sure. because I never had a taste for it. And mm -hmm. I never, mm -hmm. I don't believe in, in hurting your body to get, you know, to, to try to get enlightenment or try to get anything out of it. Yeah. For me, it's like, I, I achieved happiness from the most basic things. I could sit out in the woods by myself mm -hmm. and be completely content. And that's, that's my favorite thing to do. And that's luckily that's my son's favorite thing to do. So we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that's that, that whole, that whole episode was, was pretty crazy. Cause I came out of it and like, I was just like, okay, um, a new person in, I'm looking at things a different way. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously I was talking to Ruben and we were working on these bikes oh, right, on right, these right. suspension bikes Last and one. yeah. So like I put one together and we were riding that and that got me in the woods more. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I have a sore throat. I got a sinus infection from surfing dirty water the other day. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, it's what you get for going day after it rains. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. But, um, yeah. So I was piecing together a bike from what Ruben had. Mm-hmm had showed me I there's a few photos in jet like in particular but there was one photo he sent where it was a rock wall and he's doing uh -huh. like this manual with his wheel turn like uh -huh. on the wall yeah I got that photo and I was like oh man Ruben's always on to something like always on to something <laughs> which means you're getting on board <laughs> which means like obviously I, I rode downhill mountain bikes the first time I rode a downhill mountain bike I was thinking about this yesterday yeah, yeah. was um I went up to visit Spooky Dave 
up at Spooky oh, Cycles up in Brewster, New York. A while ago, you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was 90, I think it was 99 or mm-hmm. 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, his friend, I, I believe his name was Jimmy. He worked in the shop mm-hmm. and they made downhill mountain bikes and specialized in uh, spooky, it was spooky cycles. Mm-hmm. But they made cross-country bikes, but then they made downhill bikes too. Mm-hmm. But his friend Jimmy, I'm pretty sure his name was Jimmy. Mm-hmm. This guy was very on edge and on edge he was like the nicest guy mm-hmm. he got on his bike but when he started going on his bike he he all of a sudden he was just like he was like an animal and he had this the dual suspension bikes in 99 2000 yeah. were essentially motocross frames uh-huh. with dual suspension yeah with no motor yeah so they were super heavy i mean bike probably weighed 50 pounds right the tires were still fairly skinny. They weren't real wide tires yet. Right. 12 inches of travel. Um, this guy, Jimmy, t- he's like, oh, I'll take you downhill. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Like another mm-hmm. another experience. That's that's great. So he takes me out and he's like, okay, we're going to go. We'll drive up to the top of the mountain. We'll come mm-hmm. down and you know, we'll go from there. And I was like, okay, that sounds awesome. So he's like, just follow me. Uh-huh. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So... We don't have helmets on or anything. We're riding these crazy downhill mountain bikes, right. mountain bikes, and we're going through trails that are pretty. It's pretty rocky up there, uh-huh. but it was pretty beat up. Yeah. And um, I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Like mm-hmm. I'm used to riding a BMX bike where you have to mind every little rock, and you can just hit anything on these bikes. And I was like, "Whoa, this is really cool." So I'm following Jimmy, and he's progressively going faster doing bigger drop-offs, hitting stuff that I was like, okay, I'm kind of on edge hitting this. Mm -hmm. So we come up to this rock and it's like probably like an eight foot drop down, Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 feet out. And he hits it and he just goes over the bars. Mm -hmm. And like literally like it looked like, it looked like the Tasmanian devil when he's spinning (laughs) around, like the bike shoots out. A shoe might have fell off. Like <laughs> he just went down the hill. He's rolling. I should be laughing. And I'm like, "What the heck?" And I stopped because I was like, "I'm not hitting this thing without looking at it." So I like look, and he's down there, and he's laying on the ground, and he's like just about conscious, barely. And I'm like, "Holy crap! I have no idea where I am. I don't know where the car is. I don't know anything. I have these two crazy bikes and Jimmy laying here." And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So like, I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah, that was a pretty crazy one, huh? And I was like, yeah, that was pretty nuts. And he goes, man, I haven't felt like, felt it like that in like a day or two. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's nuts. And I was like, why, why was I following this guy? Like, I couldn't have the mellow guy to tell me into anything. And, this, and I'm following Jimmy, the, the crazy mountain biker. You may actually be third in the list of the worst injuries the doctor has seen if she met him. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy was nuts. But Uh, we, uh, you know, I got him up and he like brushed himself off and he's like, yeah, 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 it's it's all right. It's all in the day's work. No problem. uh Like no big deal. And I was like, yeah, okay, perfect. Uh Jimmy seems pretty normal. And, you know, before Jimmy seemed normal and then he seemed nuts and then he seemed nuts and normal like any of us because that's realistically what we are because anybody that would see us be like oh you just fell off your bike and you're not taking two days off it's like no ride the rest of the day are you crazy and that's just that's the way we're we're written you know right but um 
he takes me down to the bottom. We get in his truck and he takes me to uh, this double stair set. And it's like probably 15 stairs mm-hmm. flat for 10 or 12 feet and then mm-hmm. 15 stairs. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And he goes, oh, I saw that roof gap you did. And I was like, okay. Oh. And he goes, well, you oh. can jump from this top set of stairs into the bottom set. And I was like, no. I was like, people do that, but... I'm like, I'm like getting my bike fixed. Spooky was putting the, the grind guards on the back of my bike. That was like the first time we did it. I think it was 99 or 2000. Uh-huh. But um, it might have even been 98. No, it was 99. Yeah. But um, he's like, yeah, I'm going to hit it. And I'm like, oh, God. For the second time, I, I don't want to see Jimmy like kill himself. <laughs> so he goes up and he gets speed coming down the road. He hits it at probably like 15, 20 miles an hour. Gaps the first set of stairs lands perfect into the second set of stairs and this is with a dual suspension mountain bike mm-hmm. and he's like see what's possible with these he's like that just felt like a double like it felt like a motocross double uh, and i was like okay. holy cow oh so something really good came out of this yeah thing. yeah so <laughs> okay. he pulled it and i was like holy crap i didn't expect Jimmy to do it like right but he you know he had so much skill right. and he knew exactly what he was doing mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things where you're following somebody yeah. and you just don't know what's happening and it's just I mean it's why not why not go because it's like always an adventure for yeah. me right. and especially in that that situation but that I recall that yesterday because mm-hmm. you know I was thinking about this mm-hmm. you know I was thinking about talking about the the bicycles the, sure. you know the bikes with suspension and stuff and Ruben had, he had first rode Whistler Downhill Park in oh. 2006 okay. or 2005 in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, he said it kind of changed his view on riding mm-hmm. because he was able to see that he could ride easily and still ride jumps that were of, you know, a bigger size with hitting rocks. And anything else that was there and not worrying about it and just being able to relax and think about the one thing that he really wanted to do was ride. Mm -hmm. So he took that back and like we had seen photos of bikes he worked on. Um, He cut like a GT. It was an old GT race frame that had the box series back end. He Uh cut the back end off and he made the back end like a swing arm. Mm for right. a chromoly frame with that back end, kind of like an Auburn. Sure, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. had, and then he put a, a rear suspension in it, mm-hmm. and he rode it, and it was heavy, it was pretty, it was primitive, mm-hmm. but it works, and it kind of got his gears going where he was like, huh, interesting. And he rode it, and he sent photos, he was riding motocross a lot at the time too, because he would send me a photo of him riding this bike, and then... Yeah getting whipped out riding motocross and it made sense like because yeah. we're just trying to really from when we were kids yeah. emulate motocross with our bikes sure so this kind of bridged the gap between the motocross and a regular bmx you know yeah. hardtail bmx bike you know stiff bmx bike you know and for me mm-hmm. i was like oh cool downhill okay. awesome that's that's its own thing i can ride downhill i'll ride a downhill bike ah, i got you because okay. i always rode mountain bikes i got my first mountain bike when i was 12 years old mm-hmm. and i rode mountain bikes and i made downhill courses like i did that yeah. simultaneously when i rode bmx mm-hmm. but i never thought of taking it any farther than just that because right. i always thought bmx was just bmx mm-hmm. and we just go ride the jumps we ride the track right. and that's it right and it takes that person that's able to bridge the gap 
and not worry about any what anybody thinks or mm-hmm. what the way they're going to be taken in or hey you can't do this here you can't do that here mm-hmm. and it's <clears throat> it's funny because we've come up that way through skateboarding bike riding whatever to where so many people tell us we can't do we can't do that here mm-hmm. you can't do that here you have to figure out somewhere else to do that mm-hmm. and then we get to the same place where we end up doing that to something else and that's what he was worried about with this bike. He created like this Frankenstein bike mm-hmm. that he knew BMX wasn't ready for it in, you know, 2005, 2006. That's when he built the first one. Yeah, that's when he built his, his first one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously this wasn't the first, this wasn't the first thing. I rode, I rode a Kawasaki dual suspension bike yeah. when I was a kid. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it. there's been 10 or 12 different ones, but mm-hmm. like... You got on those, and it was like you're on a pogo stick. You literally were bouncing around. Yeah. There was no dampening of the suspension. There was no technology in it. It was just like we're gonna make it look like a motocross bike and put springs on the back because it was literally springs. They were right. coiled springs with a shock in the middle, mm-hmm. and they just bounced up and down. There was no dampening. Right. Well, Ruben took the the um, the suspension and did it in 2006, mm-hmm. and was afraid to kind of go any farther with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was reinventing BMX at the time. So he had his own thing going. Like he was mm-hmm. totally doing his own thing. And everybody saw that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously Ruben's like a very special individual because he's able to see something and not only embrace it and take it to the edge, but reinvent it and take it to his, his edge, mm-hmm. which is far beyond what most people mm-hmm. get to. Sure. So I saw some photos and, you know, we talked about it and then it just kind of disappeared. And it was just like, you know, dust in the wind. For years, right? Yeah, for years. And it just kind of disappeared. Ruben had some back issues. Um, He wasn't able to ride for almost a year at one point. Oh, wow. And he went to a doctor. He had a pinched nerve in his jaw that was going into his back. It was like a last... He went, he went to this doctor in Italy yeah. a week before he was supposed to get back surgery, yeah. a last-ditch effort before back surgery, mm-hmm. and they put him in braces, mm-hmm. which moved the nerve, which released his back a little bit. No way. So he was able to ride again for a few years, but he still had back issues, uh-huh. and he was always figuring out ways to ride. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't noticed, Ruben was always really big on huge wall rides, doing really big stuff Mm -hmm. in the last probably eight to ten years he's been really into inventive creative manuals just really stylistic riding Mm -hmm. without actually hard no hard impacts in your body Mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with the transition he was going through from having an injury and dealing with that injury Mm -hmm. so he, he thought about creating a bike that had the suspension in it again. And he kept talking about it. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, hey, I built this with my friend Ari. And he, sh- he sent me a picture. And I was like, whoa, that's, that looks really cool. You did a really good job. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Still not thinking anything of it. He starts sending me photos. And the photos are just like, you know, him jumping something. And it's like, okay, that looks cool. Uh-huh. Him going down a trail, like hitting a few rocks, and I'm like, oh, that that looks cool. And then 
you know, as the evolution of the bike came, the evolution of the photos started kind of moving up. And all of a sudden he sends me photos and I'm like, holy shit, that looks really good. And then the next one, I'm like, whoa, okay, you got me. You got me now. (laughs) And that one photo of the wall, it's all rock. Mm -hmm. And it's him in like a downside manual Uh on the wall. That was the photo that really got me because at that point, he was riding that bike a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was really seeing the capabilities of it Mm -hmm. and seeing the capabilities of himself on the bike, which was more important than the actual bike. Sure. Because he was able to ride five, six hours a day, get up the next day and ride another five or six hours. He hasn't been able to do that in a really, really long time. I almost can't remember the last time we did that. Like, Uh and anything that can change just change like your outlook on things to where you can maintain yourself mm-hmm. and still keep going and still have that feeling of, hey, this this is making me feel alive. He oh. found that again. So I'm like, holy shit, like the positivity coming out of him mm-hmm. on this project was like, it was like literally like a shining light. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy cow, like this is working so good for him. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have bad wrists. Yeah. Maybe I should try it. So... You know, I started researching things. Um, Mike Hallahan helped me out with a friend that had um, a company that made uh, 20-inch mountain bikes that had suspension forks. Oh, wow. So through him, I got a hold of Brian Stanton, who was in charge of a Little little Shredder, which was like a mountain bike company for little kids oh. that had forks. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, that's evolution of BMX first off. Mm-hmm. You think about it, we used to ride vert. We used to ride jumps that were 20 feet long on a PK Ripper, on forks that were the size of toothpicks, on 175, you know, tires mm-hmm. with a layback seat post and one-piece cranks. And people are saying like, hey, this is dangerous that you're riding these bikes with kids' suspension. And I'm like looking back and I'm like, how many stems I've broken, how many forks I've broken, how many frames I've broken the front end off in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like this is, this is the probably the safest thing I've ever done. That's new to me. Right. Because I'm like, this is tested for a kid that's a hundred pounds, but we're also riding. We're not jumping the flat. Mm -hmm. We're trying to gauge. We can only ride as much as our bodies can allow us to ride Uh for me and Ruben. Yeah. So everything we find is going to have, a mellower landing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be <clears throat> coming into something with speed. So we actually have, we can generate speed on the landing, mm-hmm. which means where we have forward momentum rather than downward momentum, right. which takes a lot of the force off the forks and the frames, you know? Right. So that was, uh, you know, this is, I jump off topic a lot, but everything leads to the same thing because it's like this is the fork story. If you can organize because all Ruben's, this, good for you. Yeah, Ruben's trying to figure out his forks, and I'm trying to figure out forks that I can mm-hmm. use on my frame. So Ruben gets a set of forks, and he's like, oh, okay, I think these ones will work. And he took a pair of 24-inch mountain bike forks or 26-inch and re-welded the forks to where... The, the the forks the fork bodies came down past the ax, axle right so it was a 20 inch wheel uh, and a 24 inch fork 
almost looks like Psychocraft. Uh, exactly. Fred's, Fred's, like, Fred's legs. Fred's legs, yeah. exactly. So the forks came like another four inches down past the axle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had his dual suspension bike that he created. Right. And it was working awesome for him. But I was like, okay, like, if I'm going to do it, yeah. for me, I kind of want to ride I still want to ride normal trails like I want to come mm-hmm. not normal trails like trails that we ride like jumps right. but I want to be able to go to a state park and ride in the trails in the state park like gravel roads and stuff single speed just single speed you know. because for me mm-hmm. I'm following my son who at this time was riding a 20 inch mountain bike mm-hmm. and I was riding a regular BMX bike with no suspension in the mountain bike trails with him because that was I could maintain his speed Sure. If I rode my mountain bike mm-hmm. or my, my BMX bike with his mountain bike. Mm-hmm. But um, I had slicks on my bike and oh. it was like it was like my park bike, you yeah. know, for what I was riding concrete parks with. Uh-huh. So I kept thinking about it and I'm like, if I put suspension on a bike and we figure out a way to, you know, manipulate a normal frame to mm-hmm. where we can make this work. You know, why not? Why not do it? I have extra frames sitting around. Right. Take an extra frame and enter Mike Maloney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Defcon, like, he is... Oh, that guy's amazing. He's unreal. Like, the amount yeah. of machining skill he has and just motivation to make every part on his bike. You know, he makes his... Keep talking. He'll make his bars. He'll make his... He makes everything on his bike. Like he's like, oh, you know, I was kind of sick of this hub, so I just made my own. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that's nice. Right. I love that you can do that, but mm-hmm. you just made me feel like I can't do anything <laughs> because I can't really create much of anything because I'm, you know, I'm no, more he's like, exceptional. You have no, to. he's just he's yeah. unreal, and he has such yeah. a good outlook on things. He's very positive. Mm-hmm. So I took this project to him. And I said, here's the deal. I have a frame. I want to be able to put this suspension fork on here. I know I'm going to have to lower the... I'm going to have to figure out a way to make the, the frame longer because I need to fit this tire in the back end. And it's a 2.6, so it's a bigger tire. So we're going to make it longer. So it pulls the tire out of the back of the frame. Yeah, away from that bottom bracket where it normally uh, starts its flare out. Yeah, yeah. So we're pulling it back so it has more room to breathe. And... He's like, okay, you know, I'll think about it. Let me let me get back to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want the frame like an inch and a half longer mm-hmm. and an inch lower in the back. Yeah. You know, so it'll be yeah. an inch lower, which in tail will level the bike out for the suspension. I that would you. make the head tube slack because that would bring mm-hmm. your, if you just put the suspension on a regular 20 inch frame, your head tube angle is going to go way out to where, you know, it's like almost chopper style, which it still works. You can still ride it because I rode my bike like that, and I was like, right. "But you're almost set farther back. It's hard to get, um, it's hard to get pedal power when you're sitting so far back on a slack head tube." Yeah. So for me, I still wanted to be able to keep up and be able to ride, because BMX is my main form of exercise. Like I'll go do ten miles in the mountain bike trails with this bike now. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Which, Which changing it, changing the dimensions of the frame made yeah. that possible. Sure. And if you look at the frame that we have now, the bottom bracket is almost two and a half to three inches higher than a normal BMX bike. Mm-hmm. But in that, right. it's leveled out. 
as soon as you get used to it, you don't even notice it. And it feels like a motocross bike because when you're on motocross pegs, you're standing up higher and you're lean forward. I don't know. Most, most people, some people that ride BMX are on motocross bikes, sure. but motocross pegs are set higher. Yeah. BMX bikes are set lower and your mm. body's more, you know, so mm. it's a different feeling. Once you get used to that, it's, it feels like a normal BMX bike and it feels weird going back and forth. Yeah. But that's just the way, you know, the back way it is to rigid. Yeah. To a regular underway. BMX, my regular yeah. BMX bike mm. to this downhill BMX bike. It yeah. feels weird going back and forth cause it's different of, you know, two and a half inches right. for bottom bracket height. But, um, you know, that was something that I was like, okay, we have to figure this out. So mm. Mike comes the next day and he brings these little cutouts that he made. And he goes, I think these will work. And it's a little slot. It's almost, it looks like a dropout, but it fits into the old dropout. So he literally just fit it in and he goes, oh yeah, that works. And I was <laughs> like, wow, okay. I was yeah. thinking we we're going to cut the dropouts off, create uh -huh. a whole new dropout right. and then re-weld it. And he just welded this insert into my old dropout that dropped it and would actually turned it similarly into a like cycle, old cycle craft back dropout, the way the dropouts were at the bottom. Oh, sure. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and it had small, yeah. you know, so it lifted the back of the, the bike up. And this was perfect because it changed all the dimensions of the bike, was made mm -hmm. it able to be used with those forks. Yeah. So I started riding that as soon as we finished it and we put disc brakes on it because that was a huge part. I'm like, if we're going to ride this in the, in the trails, right. we have to have front and back disc brakes. And not only would that make it better to ride in trails when it's muddy, mm -hmm. but that also not many people knew it because nobody really ever tried. But if you go to any mountain resort that allows mountain bikes in, the one restriction they have is front and back disc brakes. Mm -hmm. So the second we put front and back disc brakes on these bikes... We were allowed in any mountain bike resort, which all of a sudden, like Pandora's box is open. We're like, holy cow. Like yeah, yeah. we just doubled our amount, the amount of stuff we can ride. Right. So I started messing around, riding around here. And then, you know, everybody's like, they look at me like I'm nuts. And they're like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's equivalent of riding a pink moped. <laughs> like you show up somewhere and like, people are just like, what are you doing? Like, Why? <laughs> Like, why don't you just ride a mountain bike? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is so fun. Try it. And for me, it's like, why not? Yeah. Like, I've ridden every other kind of bike. Why not? Right. Who cares? Right. It's something new. It's different. Try it. Who cares? Yeah, right. I'm not going to not ride my old bike. Uh -huh. I love riding vert. I love riding bowls. I love riding all this other stuff. So I'm going to ride my old bike too. But this is just another version of a BMX bike that opens a whole nother spectrum of places you can ride. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's go to Powder Ridge. Mm -hmm. went to Powder Ridge, we went to your benefit. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden people were like, like John Lynn, or the whole crew of, of, of New York New guys, Darren, all, everybody was like, yeah, whoa, yeah. that's awesome. And all these guys are open. They're open to mm -hmm. anything. They're like, oh, that's really cool. Let's try. Yeah, let me try that. I so they tried it and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this is really cool. I've got to insert a quote, uh, something that Darren sent me. Awesome. About that. <laughs> and then and then keep going, please. But Darren said the timing uh, for Fingers Crossed, which is what the project's called in case people don't know, uh, could not be more perfect. Your bike looked so sick at Powder Ridge last year. And of course, you made, it, you made riding it look as effortless as any. Back in the day, while so many of us were considered 
uh, weren't considered cool. I'm sure that other great bicycle related ideas may have fallen by the wayside. I'm not sure if this is just because of the average rate, uh, rider age is going up or if we're just more mature in 2020, but it's amazing to see how positive the response has been. Technology and machining advancements aside, do you think a company like Fingers Crossed could have existed in a different era? And then, of course, if Garrett and Ruben weren't involved, it wouldn't seem like a gimmick. Everyone knows they are the real deal. That's the thing I really was getting to, but uh, is that Darren basically said, you know, you brought it somewhere. People are like, what are you doing? What is this? And he just said, it's, it's legitimate. If Garrett and Ruben are invested in it and have thought about it and tried it, it then this is no gimmick. You know, so he, I love the way he, he said that, but uh, it, we can work this other part in whenever you want, the fingers crossed part. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a few we'll, minutes. I just want to yeah. continue the story of sure. like, so we went to Powder Ridge mm -hmm. and a few people saw the bike and, you know, Chuck got on the bike and he goes, oh, this is really cool. From Kinker, Chuck Goldie? Chuck, ground Chuck. Oh, ground Chuck. Yeah. There's too many he, Chucks. He got, yeah, there's a lot there's of Chucks. Chuck. Yeah, so like Chuck got on the bike and he's like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like, Chuck, I've known Chuck a long time. Mm -hmm. And when Isaac, like the first time I went to push, yeah, yeah. like if you weren't making it through something, he was ripping you a new asshole. <laughs> like that was his MO. He hasn't changed. So <laughs> honestly, like to get... Just to be able to talk to him and to, to get more or less like a, like a blessing of, right, of like, right. wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And I looked at him and I'm like, are you, are you fucking with me? Like, yeah, right, right. Because he's so yeah, many right times now. in the past where he's like, huh. yeah, you know, that's good, but yeah. you know this. Right. And it's like, he's so good at doing that. And mm. when we were younger, we always used to, we always used to rip on it, rip on him because him and Morales were one and the same. <laughs> Where they had like a tough guy, you oh, know, they came off a certain way. Yeah. But if you hit their nerve the right way, right. they would be like, oh man, why'd you got to do that? <laughs> and it's like, you know, I get it. I get it. And yeah. like, we always, it's so cool getting older because now we're all, we went where like one guy's on, you know, he's on a high horse right. and then another guy's on a high horse and right. everybody kind of ends up in the same place uh -huh. because you're just like, you know what? We all just want to have fun. Right. And this is kind of a vessel to have more fun than I've had in a while. Mm -hmm. Because going to Powder Ridge and then came home, went to Mountain Creek. Mm -hmm. And Mountain Creek is like a New Jersey mountain bike resort. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, ski slopes, they close down in the summer and build a bunch of jumps. And, and I went there and I was like, wow, like this works. Like this really works. And mm -hmm. I went with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And I jumped everything there and I was kind of like, huh, like none of that was really too scary. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bike for somebody coming with no skill to just show up at a mountain and be like, oh, I'm just going to hit these jumps. Mm -hmm. It's somebody coming in with a decent amount of skill mm -hmm. because you still have to know how to ride a BMX bike. You're going two to three times faster than you do at normal trails. And you're riding on rock and you're riding on super packed clay. So you need to know how to ride a bike mm -hmm. and you need to understand that there's going to be a difference in when you fall. It's a completely different kind of fall. 
like it's more of a wreck. Like it's like you're like it's like you're falling on a motocross bike. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're either hitting something or yeah, you literally you're yeah. moving at twice as twice as fast as speed. So when you crash, it's a serious crash. Mm-hmm. So people are like writing it off because they're like, oh, that's you know that's lame and you know this and and then other people see it and are like, oh, this is great and they're embracing it. And you get these feelings that are kind of like turning in you and you're like, oh, well, is this like, is this cool or is this not cool? Like, who cares? Like, because realistically, I'm doing it for the way I think it feels and the way I like it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all I'm doing it for. And that's all Ruben's doing it for. Mm -hmm. And this is Ruben's thing. Like, this Mm -hmm. is Ruben's like baby that he's like, this is allowing him to ride twice as much, three times as much as he had in the last 10 years. So for him, if you talk to him about it, mm-hmm. he'll be like a, a little kid. Like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my God. Like, look at this. Look at this. I get videos. We talk every day on WhatsApp. <laughs> and I get videos every single day yeah, yeah. of him riding. And that's so cool. Because oh, that didn't happen for years and years and years. Oh, so you go, to, you ride these mountains. You realize what the capabilities of, are of uh-huh. these bikes. Ruben and I keep talking. And I'm like, hey, I went here. I went here. I did this. I did this. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, I did this. And I'm like, well, I just tried this. And we keep going back and forth. So we just keep thinking about it. And we're like, we should do a trip with these. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. I was like, maybe I'll just come over and we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I flew over to Spain. And then we're like, you know what? There's this mountain bike park in England called Revolution Bike Park. Okay. They have this line called the Vision Line. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like this... It's almost like a like a hybrid BMX mountain bike line, which mm-hmm. is a downhill line. Nothing's too big, but like everything's between like 25 and 30 feet, big step downs, but everything's moving really fast. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we think these bikes will work on that line. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, let's go to Malaga first. We can figure out what's what's going on. Sure. And then, you know, we can we can talk about that. So we went to Malaga and we started riding a ton in Malaga. And I'm like, wow, this is like... We hit everything we wanted to hit. There was no problems. The mm-hmm. bike stayed together. And we're in one piece. Like, we feel great. Right. And the second... What was it? The second to last day we're in Malaga. We went and rode these trails. And I I got, like... I more or less... I got to a place where I was just getting kind of cocky. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well... I hit this jump that was probably 30 or 35 feet. I was like, I want to hit something mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. I want to hit like this 40 foot jump. So like we set this up and I was like, oh, this jump looks pretty good. So I was like, oh, I'll just speed check it. So I went to speed check, jumped the jump before I speed checked the jump mm-hmm. and I jumped the jump after it for some reason. And I got loose and I hit a tree and like I clipped the tree with my jaw. Oh man. And I knocked myself out. Like a boxer's hit. Exactly. Yeah. Boxer hit right off my jaw, knocked myself out, was out for like a minute or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that happened. And that was, I mean, that that happened. I I was out for like a minute or two. They got me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I more or less remember eating a salad. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey. What's up, guys? And I looked down, and I saw my arms were scratched up. And I was like, I crashed, huh? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, did I see the footage? And they're like, yeah, probably about eight or nine times by now. So 
I mean, this isn't laughing. Yeah, sorry, no, I, sorry. I totally, like, I've been through it's this. It's just the way you say it. it, it just... Well, I've been through it before, so it's an experience that I'm right. used to. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's it sucks to be used to something like that. Right. <laughs> but it's like I come to a dinner, and I'm, like, eating a salad, and I'm like, have I been okay? And they're like, yeah, you've been okay. Yeah. And they're like, you've been asking a lot of the same questions, and, you know, and this and that. And I'm like, okay. Which and is typical knockout stuff, right? Typical think, knockout stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, my thumb kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, I should be all right to ride tomorrow. And they're like, okay. So the next day comes and I was like, maybe I should take today off. So I took a day off mm-hmm. and we were going to England in, in one day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shit. I was like, I flew all the way out here. I flew a filmer out here. Like, we're here. We have another filmer. We had two filmers, two people, which is like the dream situation. And we're meeting our friend Mike, Mike Bennett in, uh, in England. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about it. And all this is happening simultaneously in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, like two months ago, I had this crazy mock- knockout, you know, where they told me I can't, I can't ride anymore. This is all after that. And now I knock myself out again doing this. So it's like, first off, I'm not telling anybody. Because I don't want anybody to know. Right, right, right. Like, this crew can know right here, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, and I'm like, okay, like, that was stupid. I just hit a tree. Like, it wasn't like I was doing something, and there was, like, a failure in the equipment or a failure in me actually jumping something and casing or over jumping. Mm-hmm. So this was just a freak thing that happened mm-hmm. aside of, and I'm like, okay, that's two freak, freak things that happened in the last, you know, four months mm-hmm. that gave me a good knockout. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, crap, like, <laughs> you know, cause then I started thinking about my son. I started mm-hmm. thinking about all these things mm-hmm. and this is all happening on this trip where I'm like, okay, now I have to go push myself into uncharted territory. We're going to this mountain bike park in England to where we don't know if these bikes will work on this mm-hmm. this terrain right. and this line. And like, I, I was pretty confident they would, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm not in this situation that I can just jump off and just like, just go for it. Right. I kinda, I need to calculate each thing I'm doing. Sure. So, Two days later, I feel like I feel better. My thumb still hurts, but I'm still like okay. Mm-hmm. So we 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 have the tickets. We go to England. We go into the Welsh Welsh countryside, mm-hmm. and we get a little Airbnb on a sheep farm. We're there for, you know, I think we were there for three days, and every day you're woken up by the sheep. Yeah, right. And it's just like a mist over like the mountain countryside. Uh-huh. And we're working on the bikes. We're having meals together. There's like six of us there. It was awesome. Like yeah. such an awesome, just like, like even if it wasn't for the project, just the fact that we came together to do that. Mm-hmm. Like to think about going on a trip with six of your friends mm-hmm. and just hanging out in a country house with mm-hmm. on a sheep farm with some of your, you know. Right. You just some of the best scenery you're ever going to see. Right, right. It's really, really cool. So I kind of got back to a place where I needed to be, where I was really calm, collected. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's do it. Let's figure out, like, what's possible. Uh-huh. Um, we got to the mountain, and Revolution Bike Park is, if you get a chance to go, it's unreal. 
two brothers bought um, a mountain in the Welsh countryside mm -hmm. and turned it into a mountain bike resort. Mm -hmm. And it was an old shale mine and everything is covered in crushed stone. So every trail, even if it's beat up, mm -hmm. has cr it's crushed stone on top of it. It's not so much clay. Oh, okay. So if it rains, you can ride rain or shine. Right. Which here, it gets grease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way you're riding it. Like right. any, of the, any of the resorts here, even some of the trails here, mm -hmm. as soon as it gets that grease on top, you can't ride it. It's too mm -hmm. slippery. Right. And maybe you can on downhill mountain bikes, but it's not ideal. There, mm -hmm. the shale, it doesn't even matter. You still yeah. have 100% grip. Wow. So that being said, we're in England. It mm -hmm. rains all three days we're there. So we're mm -hmm. like, we're figuring out these bikes mm -hmm. in a place we've never ridden before. Right. It's raining. I never really rode in rain before. I mean, here on the East Coast, like around where I am, it's sandy, so we sure. can ride in the rain to a point, mm -hmm. but it still gets sketchy, still gets slippery. And uh, we were just like, well, we have to make this work because we paid mm -hmm. everything to come here. And this is kind of, this is, everything's been, everything's culminated to this moment of, is this gonna work? Mm -hmm. So we take the bikes and we start riding the smaller line. And me and Ruben are looking at each other and we're like, yeah, this is, this is really fun. Like, this is really cool. Imagine if it was dry. Like, yeah. and we were able to ride like pretty, you know, I would say at like <clears throat> probably 75%. Mm -hmm. There's still wetness everywhere, slickness. So it was still, you know, a bit of a push, mm -hmm. but I kept thinking of if I fell and hurt myself on the smaller stuff, I would never forgive myself for not riding the bet the bigger stuff so i was like i can't do this like i was having like this mental struggle i was like this is driving me crazy i was like ah fuck this yeah, yeah. and i just left the small stuff and i went back up to the the big line and i was like okay this is it yeah we just hit it see what happens uh -huh. so i hit it um i followed one of the locals the guy dave a downhiller awesome guy nice super nice guy yeah and um i follow him Get your speed check off of him. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's completely different from a 20-inch to a, you know, 27.5 or a 29er right. downhill bike. Right. You see them, you see the, the speed they get, and you have to hang back a little bit because you over jump stuff, like, mm -hmm. three times farther because you just, you travel farther in the air because uh, you're lighter. Right. Well, at least that's my perception of it. Mm -hmm. But um, I follow them for the, for, through the first two jumps, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It just felt like felt like hitting like um, like the efforts at posh or like two fifties like just bigger mm -hmm. jumps you know at least twenty five foot jumps mm -hmm. and I was like okay that's all right but they're like wedge to wedge so it's like you're just kind of they're really predictable oh okay so we hit the next the next jump and then I'm like okay take me through the whole section I'm just gonna follow you I'm not stopping mm -hmm. so I just followed him we went through the whole entire section all the way to the bottom hit my brakes maybe once. And I was like, whoa, it worked. Right. And all of a sudden, like, I looked at Ruben, and Ruben's looking at me, and he goes, that looked really fun. And I was like, yeah, it was fun. And he hadn't done it yet. He didn't do it yet. So we we're like, right. let's do it. And yeah. he's like, okay. So he gets on, and we just start riding. Uh, yeah. We rode that yeah. section. Like, we were there two and a half, three days, but we were only mm -hmm. able to ride the mountain bike park two days. Mm -hmm. The one day, it pretty much downpoured all day. Mm -hmm. The other day, it rained on and off. But we, we rode 
probably four or five hours straight. Mm-hmm. Mainly that line and the smaller line because mm-hmm. everything else was so muddy. But it was one of those things where you just all of a sudden we're just like looking at each other, like laughing, like, whoa. It like not only did it work, it uh-huh. works really well. Yeah. And it's really fun. And wow, okay. Like yeah. now what? Now what are we going to do? And yeah. all of a sudden we start thinking about other stuff. We're like, wow, what about Whistler? What about New Zealand, the mountain bike trails in New Zealand? Uh, What about South Africa? What about this place? What about that place? And we just keep thinking about it. We're like, holy crap, we could just keep doing this Mm -hmm. and taking trips and taking these bikes places Mm -hmm. and bring a bike and let somebody else ride it to see what the capabilities are of these bikes. Uh And we just kind of like feed, we keep feeding off each other's energy. And Mike, like we're looking at Mike, our friend Mike from England, Uh and he's riding a regular frame with just suspension forks. Mm -hmm. And he's riding like, and he's like, well, this is, this is working on this bike too. So we're all just feeding off each other. Uh-huh. And me and Ruben just came to the, the point where we're like, let's do more of this. Like, this was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I just rode this line. It's one line probably from top to bottom. It probably has maybe 15, probably 15 to 18 doubles in it. Uh-huh. But it's a lot of speed, and every double is probably at least 20 to 25, sometimes 30 feet long. Yeah. So it covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. You're moving fast. You're probably moving at like probably 30 miles an hour, at least 35. Mm-hmm. You know, you're moving pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was just, it kind of, the light bulb went off in our head, and we're like, well, we're able to do this. My wrist doesn't hurt. Ruben's back doesn't hurt. That's the first thing I thought of when you said you were riding five hours a day. Yeah. I'm thinking, how? Yeah. Because the bike's working. It's yeah, and any, the... anybody who, who's ridden um, motocross or mm-hmm. downhill mountain bikes, mm-hmm. you get arm pumped like crazy. And your arms pump up, and you can't pull your brake levers, especially with front and rear disc brakes. Like, your fingers are always on the levers. Yeah. yeah. So you get to the point where your arms are just so pumped up. We didn't get that because the way we ride and this line allowed us to kind of f- move freely right. with our hands off the brakes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we were like, whoa, like we can ride and totally feel relaxed uh-huh. and still ride stuff that's big. Right. So we're like, right. okay, if we're riding something that's 30 feet mm-hmm. and this feels relaxed, why can't we ride something that's 40 or 50 foot? Right. And we'll still feel the same amount of relaxation, mm-hmm. which simultaneously in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, I have Noah, my son, <laughs> yeah, right. and I have this and that. Right. I can't hit my head anymore, but right. this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, so, right. you know, we, we, that trip was a complete success. Like we left like hugging each other and it was like a life changing experience. Cause all of a sudden we're like, wow, like this was yeah. something that worked mm-hmm. and every head on the mountain turned, you're going to do what with what right. you're doing that wait wait what and that's the same with powder ridge same as you know the mountain bike line the lift line at mountain creek Mm -hmm. the first time i got on the lift line the guy's like what are you doing (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna go ride my bike right and he's like you can't ride that here and i was like why not and he goes can't ride a bmx bike on a downhill mountain you know on a downhill mountain and i'm like it's got front and back disc brakes I was like, I've seen it on TV. It seems pretty easy. He's like, have you ever done it? I was like, tried it once. I was like, it'll probably be fine. Like messing with the guy. Because I'm like, why not? He's messing with me. Sure. So he's like, 
all right, I think you're signing your own death sentence here, but good luck. And I'm like going up the lift and all of a sudden I start questioning myself and I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these gladiators going into war with like chest protectors, knee pads, shin guards, crazy boots, like gloves, full face helmets, neck, the net anti-neck breaker device. And I'm like, holy shit, what did I just sign myself up for? They're psyching me out. And I'm like, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, no pads and a half, like a half helmet. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh crap, what no did I just face. sign up for? I was like, these guys are hitting 60 foot jumps up here. I'm going to come up here and look like a complete idiot. So I get to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. This is, I've done this my whole life. Right. Like, this is right. what I've done. Like, I know what I'm, like, I know what I'm doing. Right. And then you just feel comfortable and you're like, holy shit, this is really fun. Yeah. And you lose all that, you know, all the preconceived notions of like, holy crap, what am I doing? Right. And, uh, yeah. So that trip was a complete success. Uh-huh. It was all success. And that was basically the test run. That was where a, you were together and, and That was the first time we were together, mm-hmm. you know, in Malaga and England. Right. And that was our test run to mm-hmm. where, you know, we we saw the capabilities of these bikes. Mm-hmm. And we realized that, hey, this is what we're gonna do. From now on, we'll plan a trip every few months, then we'll take a trip and we'll go from there. Sure. And then that's that was like the that was the birth of Ruben and I saying, "This is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We just want to take trips, have fun, and see what's possible with these bikes, and then show other people the bikes and be mm-hmm. like, hey, like why not? You ride downhill mountain bikes and you ride BMX. Mm-hmm. Why not do both? Right. And." Remy, I don't know if you ever saw Remy Morton, who's a downhill a professional downhill mountain biker, but he also rides BMX, probably yeah. better than better than most people in yeah. the world. Like he's right. unreal. Right. But um, he had been riding uh, a bike that Mike Maloney had made him. Oh wow! And he made him uh, a bigger frame with a disc brake, so mm-hmm. it was a twenty inch twenty inch wheel frame, longer mm-hmm. with a disc brake. And Remy was hitting a lot of the mountain bike trails on this bike mm-hmm. in the last like two years. And he grew up riding mountain bikes and BMX bikes. And he's like probably one of the best trail riders in the world. You know, same as any of the guys here sure. that ride, you know, that are, you know, like Clint, mm-hmm. all these guys. He has just an amazing style, awesome view on things. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, I'm going to ride everything. Right. And. Right. That might have came to me through surfing because I ride, you know, it's like, hey, ride a longboard when there's small waves, mm-hmm. ride, you know, right. a gun when there's big waves. Right. And then it's like, somebody's like, hey, you can't, you know, you're it's big waves. You can't ride that now. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Now that it's it's eight foot, I'm going to ride a 5'2 twin fin. Yeah. You know, it's more of like a, like a fuck you to all the people that say you can't. Right. And then all of a sudden I end up with these feelings that I'm like, holy cow, it felt like I was on a go-kart that was doing 90 miles an hour. That's like the best feeling ever. Right. Or like bombing a hill on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. So like I take that to, to riding and Ruben feels the same way to where mm-hmm. anything's possible on anything. Yeah. And moving forward, like fingers crossed, that was just fingers crossed was... Yeah, is it fingers crossed because you hope it's going to work or fingers yeah. crossed because you hope people are going to, to understand and enjoy what you guys have found? Now, honestly, we don't care about what anybody thinks. 
Well, it could fit anything <laughs> then, right? I mean, it's fingers crossed is we're riding a frame mm-hmm. downhill yeah. at 30, 40 miles an hour, right. hitting jumps with forks that are rated for 100 pound kids. Oh, fingers okay. crossed is like, holy shit, I hope this thing stays together. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much every time we got somewhere, we're like, holy shit. Uh, I just knocked myself out yesterday and we're going to ride these trails today. Right. Fingers crossed my body holds up. Fingers crossed um, it doesn't rain another day. Fingers crossed um, our flight isn't delayed and we lose mm-hmm. the bikes. Right. We lose these bikes, we have nothing. Because these are the only two bikes that exist. Right. It's not like you just right. go out and get another one. So it's like anything that happens yeah. could change everything drastically. So, I mean, that's like life. Right, right, right. So with us, we're just like, fingers crossed kind of seems natural right. because we were always, the whole time was like, okay, let's hope this works. Right. You know, right. even pushing off, pushing off the first time, mm-hmm. hitting some of the downhill runs. And I followed a guy at, at, um, <clears throat> I followed a guy at uh, um, the resort here, Mountain, Mountain Creek. Creek. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I designed a lot of these jumps." And I was like, "Oh, cool, I'll follow you through them." Mm-hmm. And I'm following him, and he's on a downhill, like dual suspension downhill bike. Yeah, and I'm on this bike. Mine's hardtail, just mm-hmm. with a front fork, mm-hmm. and we're doing like every bit of forty miles an hour, maybe even more, mm-hmm. straight downhill through rocks the size of baseballs. Right. And we're hitting this jump, and the, the jump that we're hitting has a lip of probably about 12 or 15 foot, like really big lip. Whoa. And I'm like, I never hit this before, but I'll just match his speed, you know? So it's he more hits of a it. a launch ramp as opposed to trails. It's more of a launch ramp kind of. Uh, yeah, it's shape. like a 15 foot lip into the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And then there was a landing, kind of like a step jump, like a step up. Sure. But landing was probably like 25 feet out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, like. But the run-up sounded sketchy. Or, the run-ups is yeah. straight downhill. So you're just yeah. coming at it full throttle, and you have enough speed to probably jump 60 feet. Right. But you're you're only jumping like 25 feet to the peak where there's a mm-hmm. downhill on the other side. Right. So he jumps it, over jumps it by like maybe 10 feet. So we're at like, you know, 35 feet, mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. I over jump where he over jumped by probably four or five feet. Uh-huh. So we're in the realm of like, you know, it's a pretty big jump yeah, with a big lip. Yeah. So he pulls over and he's like, he's like, whoa, almost lost that one. I was like, yeah, I almost landed on top of you. <laughs> and he's looking at me and looking at the bike and he's like, he's like, all right, we're going to go through the GP course. And I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. And the GP course was used for the downhill GP race there. Oh. And it's all rock gardens and just chewed out. Yeah. So it's literally just jagged rock everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, let's see what it does. We go through the GP course. He turns around again at the end and I'm still right behind him. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah. he's like, you shouldn't have been able to get through that on that bike like that. <clears throat> and I said, it has nothing to do with the, the suspension on the bike. On a BMX bike, you can pull a different line to where... Um, a downhill bike will go straight mm-hmm. they can make turns they can hop around stuff they can hit rocks it takes a lot of beating uh-huh. where a BMX bike you can whip out miss things mm-hmm. hit things get out on the outside be able to come off of trees hit roots jump through things and make rhythm sections out of you know you see five rocks in front of you right. and they're all symmetrically set up yeah. for a mountain bike wheelbase they can't fit their wheelbase in those rocks Oh, okay. For a BMX bike, yeah, 
you can hop through it like a rhythm section. Oh, that's so it's like it's almost like a rabbit yeah. to where there's one animal that just goes and hits every inch and then a rabbit's jumping every mm-hmm. 10 feet right. it's the same thing so I was able to jump back and forth through this section mm-hmm. and still end up behind him and he was like well made a believer out of me uh-huh. and I was like okay like awesome yeah. I w- I'm not even trying to prove anything I'm just sure. trying to prove holy cra- crap like is this something or is it nothing right. to myself yeah, maybe these guys need to reevaluate who, who, what type of bike they accept at the parks. The last because, time I got in the lift line, they yeah. were like, hey, you did the curved wall run line, you did this line, you did that line. I said, yeah. They're like, we keep hearing about this bike on the mountain all day. And oh, I was that's like, awesome. Really? I was like, that's crazy, huh? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take off my work. I'm going to take off from work and have somebody cover so I can come up and watch you ride. And I was like, that in itself, yeah. he went from not even wanting to let me on the lift in the beginning of the day Same guy. to coming right. to watch at the end. So yeah. I was like, holy cow, like that kind of shows. And this is a guy that rides downhill yeah. all the time and he's there mm-hmm. every day. So for me, it just kind of yeah. had like a special feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And then Ruben and I are just like, we'll just keep doing it. Yeah, we'll yeah. just keep doing it. We'll keep the project going. And I mean, I'm not rich by any means mm-hmm. and Ruben isn't either. It more or less comes, we save some money, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out our next trip and what mm-hmm. we can do, what's possible, Yeah, and go from there. Wow. And if we can pick up sponsors along the way, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. Because it's, for us, it's all about being able to ride more sure. and being able to ride these far out places, mm-hmm. whatever can make that possible. Right. Yeah. Is, is Ruben going to continue riding the... Uh, Soft taco, and you're gonna keep riding the hard taco. Yeah, yeah, that was like me. I had to throw that in. For yeah, me. that was Mike. Yeah, Mike was laughing because I always voice text everything, and anybody that knows me uh-huh. knows that when I voice text you, yeah, there's something weird coming through there. I mean, to the point where I I voice text my girlfriend, hey, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'm uh, you know, I'm on the road, right? And then it's like, hey, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'm, I'm coming from Rhonda's house. <laughs> And my girlfriend's like, who the fuck's Rhonda? Like, what? What? And then not like that's it leads to a ten minute conversation on the phone. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I, I don't know Rhonda. Who's Rhonda? Why would I be with somebody named Rhonda? Who's not that there's anything wrong with Rhonda. I'm sure Rhonda's oh, nice. Man, <laughs> that's because that's Garrett Reynolds' girlfriend, not yeah, yeah. not Garrett exactly. Burns. You know exactly. Yeah, it's always that's it's when always. that's when you can play that confusion that I had with Garrett Reynolds, Garrett Burns. Yeah. Two years ago? Well, it's, uh, easy, it's easy to confuse the <laughs> Garrett Reynolds and Garrett Burns. No, it's not. You just have to be yeah, like, Garrett, that's all. Garrett Burns lives in a one-bedroom apartment on the Jersey Shore. Garrett Reynolds lives in a mansion in California. It doesn't have to work the rest of his life. That's a complete difference. <laughs> but you know what? You and I can laugh about it because oh my God. that's life. You know? No, the best thing about the one thing that me and Garrett have in, mm. in uh, I would say, our biggest... Our biggest similarity is the smile on our faces right. because feast or famine, like mm. he's riding because yeah. he loves to ride. Yeah. And I don't care if that kid like was living in his car, right. he'd be riding every day. Mm-hmm. And he does it now every day and he's the best in the world because of it. That's, sure. you know, yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. It's like, it's all for the, the love of it, you know? Sure. 
there's something in the Jersey water. I'm telling you. No, I think it's, seems yeah, I think it's uh, population density. <laughs> That's because there's just so many people here. You're there's bound to come up with there's one bound one. to come up with a few few people that are good at it. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Boy, right. <laughs> Mike Stan and I gonna Mike and I talked a few times uh, about it, and he, uh, he he just loves it, he, and he was happy to be what he considers a small part of it. And the guy's amazing. Yeah, he's just a genius. Defcon four, in case people don't know, but uh, Mike Maloney. So yeah, so he he had he had sent me a couple of things, and one of them was you have to slip in hard taco syrup. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the voice text gone wrong, and uh, I said, <laughs> yeah, the you know, because we're working on a frame. I'm working on like a final prototype with him right now yeah. of this downhill frame. We called it the hard taco because it came through over voice text as hard hard. You know, it was t- Taco Tuesday was when we were doing it because he was like oh it's taco tuesday and i was like oh we'll do do the hard taco like over the voice text and like you know it came out as hard taco and he goes well do you want to work on a soft taco and i was like i do want to work on a soft soft taco but i want to figure out for me Mm -hmm. like ruben is really into the dual suspension Mm -hmm. and for me i'm really into the hardtail Uh because the dual suspension helps his back right and for me the hardtail i do so much mileage in the Mm -hmm. trails here right that it makes sense for me. Right. And my my son, Noe, he just got a 27.5 mountain bike. Uh-huh. So I'm having to go faster to keep up with him. Yeah. And this bike is keeping me, you know, I, I geared it down so I have like an easier pedaling. Yeah. But I have to spin out to catch up to him. Yeah. So my workouts have gotten awesome. Uh-huh. And like when I get on my normal bike, I could ride three, four hours and not get tired. It's, it's great. We kind of touched on this before, but... Uh, will you continue to what terrain will you continue to ride your regular bike on versus what you're going to ride your uh, your front suspension hardtail or Uh, I'll ride my regular bike I mean I've always had a passion for riding concrete Mm -hmm. and vert and big like big trannies so all that stuff will be my other bike for sure and trails for the way I ride trails Mm -hmm. my normal bike will be for posh and all that. Mm-hmm. I think the other bike would work. And Ruben's working on that now because he wants to ride his bike more across the board. Mm-hmm. Where for me, mainly mountain bike trails and um, specifically things that are specifically created for the downhill bike. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll keep the downhill bike on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ride my regular bike for everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still ride street. I still ride everything else mm-hmm. with the normal bike. This is just another extension that mm-hmm. allows me to ride a lot of new things that I didn't have before where my other bike, you know, I would just end up getting jarred mm-hmm. so much. It was just too much. Right. So it's like, I mean, people, oh, you're just going to give up riding and, you know, this and start that. And I'm like, no. Yeah. That's... It's like I ride, I rode mountain bikes before. I would go mm-hmm. to my friend, Belmar Bikes is like another huge part of this project oh, okay. because I would go there mm-hmm. and I'm a BMX guy. I'm setting up 990s. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to set up disc brakes and this and that. So I'm sure. like looking and I'm like trying to figure out how to bleed them. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kyle's ridden mountain bikes. He's ridden BMX his whole life too, mm-hmm. but he's ridden mountain bikes, road bikes, everything. Mm-hmm. So I go to Belmar Bikes and they take, they, they look at it and they laugh at me first and they're like, why don't you just ride a mountain bike? 
Right. Because right. they ride BMX. They go out to raise, they ride BMX, and then mm. they come back and they do a downhill trip. Right. And then they and do they, this and they do that. Uh, and they okay. and I'm like, why not? Just try it, you know? And they try right. it and they're like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's not for me because mm. it's not for everybody. It's not for mm-hmm. every person's not going to get on it and be like, this is exactly the feeling I want. But for me, I want to be able to run over anything mm-hmm. and feel like a little kid. And this mm-hmm. makes me feel that way. Because the more I feel a little kid, mm-hmm. the more I'm happy like a little kid. Sure. Which is try to where I there's there was like the law of the eleven. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. No. no. But the law of the eleven was as you get older, mm-hmm. always go back to what you did when you were eleven years old. Because when you're eleven years eleven years old, it's before you get to that age of knowing like, hey. You know, this isn't cool. Mm-hmm. All my friends think this isn't cool. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because this person might think this way. Mm-hmm. When you're 11 years old, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You just do it because you're purely in it for exactly the feeling mm-hmm. that you want. And I might be, it might be the law of 10 mm-hmm. or 11, one of these two. But for me... Well, no one's turning 10 soon, so let's figure this yeah. out. You know, is it... Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Do we have one it's more like, year? Well, <laughs> are we there? For me, I rode bikes. And like I talked yeah. to my mom yesterday and she's mm-hmm. like, when you were 10, you were digging. And you were building jumps and we wouldn't see you all day. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go ride by yourself all day and come mm-hmm. back. Right. And I had some friends that rode me, but most of the time I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Right. So that's yeah. what I still do now. I go yeah. out in the woods. I ride this bike, the, uh-huh. the downhill bike. I ride the normal normal bike. like, yeah. And that's yeah. it. And I'm totally happy. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people looked back at what they did when they were younger right. and then tried to do that when they were older, mm-hmm. it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do when you were 10? Nothing. I was trying to, well, I, yeah, I was currently being turned off of all stick and ball sports at that (laughs) that age. That's what I was doing when I was, when I was 10, you know, because let's face it, I I believe all of us have, have gravitated to this sport or, or hobby, we'll call it, uh, of riding BMX because it's, it's an individual sport. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like the team thing. It was, uh, it, it, it didn't allow me to really enjoy doing what I was doing. It's, it was pretty, pretty easy to figure out that soccer wasn't going to work. Baseball wasn't going to work. And by the way, I, I always hit like the, uh, you know, how you had tryouts when you were a kid. Yeah. To see which team you were going to be on. Yeah. I was always on the farm league, you know? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. other words, just, here, have a special league for those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, I never made the team, you know. I couldn't play basketball to save my life, you know. It was, so the team thing just, uh, it just yeah. turned me off and I had, and it just so happened that I, um, like most people, through magazines, you start to think, oh, this is pretty cool. I think I can do, I could do this and be real happy. I, yeah. No one, I'm not going to let anyone down. I didn't you can do it by I didn't miss the basket. I didn't strike yeah. out. I didn't, you know, I didn't hit the goalpost and you know, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. I think all of this clicks. And uh, you know people are going to be continuing to ask whether you're going to produce, which we already talked about. Yeah. Um, what do you want people to take out of it so far to the point that it's at right now that I believe it's not a business it's more of a a philosophy i mean as far as i'm concerned it's just 
expand your mind mm-hmm. and be open and try things and don't just write things off because this was something that I could have easily wrote off mm-hmm. as, you know, something, some crazy, you know, thing that Ruben's doing. Mm-hmm. And if you know Ruben, Ruben's definitely come up with some wild stuff mm-hmm. where you're like, whoa, like that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, he made this, uh, this wild uh, fiberglass skateboard but it was in the shape of a surfboard and it was four and a half feet long four feet long yeah and it had these trucks on it that moved sideways you know it's the the trucks were already created for a different smaller board that was supposed to feel like a surf you know Uh but he lives in malaga Mm -hmm. and the mediterranean there's only surf you know once a month Mm -hmm. you know once every few weeks there's decent surf so he wanted something that he could surf Mm -hmm. in you know, and he's like, I just built a skate park with a wave in it. Right. He's like, I could surf here, right. but I just have to create something that mm-hmm. I can take to this and be able to surf in this this place. Mm-hmm. So he created this wild fiberglass surfboard and then brought it to the park and started skating it. Mm-hmm. And not only like the insight of taking that perspective of, okay, I want to have this feeling of surfing mm-hmm. and taking it to the skate park. But also, in his head, he didn't care about what anybody else thought. Mm-hmm. Because this was the most ridiculous looking thing mm-hmm. that you would see at a skate park. <laughs> a Razor scooter is more normal than this thing. It's a surfboard with wheels on it. Yeah. yeah. So you see it and you're like, what the heck is that? Yeah. And then you see Ruben cruising around and his smile and like how much fun he's having. I got on it and I was like, well, this thing's so cool. Uh-huh. And it just takes that forward thinking to yeah. get to a place to be able to take things in I am listening. and say, I'm just looking. yeah, no worries. Um, to be able to say like, Hey, I don't care what other people think, what mm-hmm. other people think about what I'm doing. It's about the feeling I'm getting from it and moving forward with that and being like, Hey, listen, these people might be bidding this today and saying, you know, this is lame. Don't do it. Sure. But in the end, if they get on it, yeah, they might not be able to say the same thing because they're going to be like, whoa, okay. I see the feeling that you guys were chasing now. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're all doing. We're just chasing a feeling. We're just, we just want that feeling of, you know, just, it's hard to even put into words. Like, mm-hmm. why do you ride? What's that feeling you're chasing? Right. And it's like that feeling is almost like, almost like a comfort. Like you feel like you're in a bubble mm-hmm. within yourself. Because when you're riding, you're going through a section or you're riding down the street, hitting a jump, doing whatever, mm-hmm. mainly when you're doing something that you don't realize every molecule in your body is on the same exact page to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, your your mind is completely blank. Uh-huh. That second in your mind when you're hitting a double, you're not thinking about what you have to eat later on today. Right. You're not thinking about having your kid to school on time the day before. Mm-hmm. You're almost at, at a blank. And there's only two other times that I can think, you know, within, it has to be somewhat centered. But the, <laughs> the, the, the climax during sex, that's one time. And riding my bike, those are the two times I don't think about anything. <laughs> Uh, seriously, I know it's a great analogy, but, it's, but think about it. Those are the two times you never think about anything. <laughs> like you're not thinking about anything before, or after, or right, anything. Right, right. 
Like in the moment. Yeah. You're in that exact moment. Right. But you're literally, right. it's like a blank. It's just blank. Like there's just nothing. There's just nothingness. Right. I'm going to do my best to test that philosophy theory when we, get, <laughs> when we get home tonight. All right. Oh yeah, definitely. Gonna, well, definitely. I'll at least get that one knocked yeah. off and wait. Not you're gonna, yeah. You're going to ride later. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I get it. You're killing me. Yeah. Oh, jeez. No, but that's, it's totally, it's, it's hard to put into words that. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. oh God. <laughs> I'm trying to be this. somewhat censored, but like, okay. Like at the same time, I can't get my words across, like without explaining it in this way. <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm together again. I'm good. <laughs> All right, so I have to really flip it. Like I told you before I got here, I'm like, you know what? I tried to look at this a hundred different ways, and you know, I'm printing off this stuff at the hotel, and I'm like, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> you, I can't sort. It's like it's like asking someone to put together the the basic an outline of a novel. Yeah. In, you know, a few hours. And you're well, around with that. You know what I mean? And I mean, a novel's always... You talk to any writer, mm. and the best the best uh, version of their current novel is the yeah. best rewrite of their current novel. So things are constantly being rewritten. Right. You know? Sure. And a good writer rewrites hundreds of times. Yeah. You know? Right. So it's... You know? That's what we're doing. We're rewriting our life off our best... Our, our last, you yeah. know, version. Right. So it's like we we had a great version until yesterday, uh-huh. and then let's rewrite it today and figure out a better way right. to do it. Right. Hey, you could change podcasting for me in the future with a statement like that. Maybe I'm just <laughs> doing this all wrong, you know? Yeah, I think just go organically <laughs> and just let people go because, yeah. I mean, the stories that come out are the ones that that are on people's brains. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think you know, the reason I... I Obviously, I, I try to organize it in such a way uh, that it makes sense, you know, so the, the conversation may possibly be linear. That's the way I think about it, but uh, there's no reason why I can't do it this way all no. the time. You and know, I think about it the same way because it's like I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I'm tar- talking into this device, but I'm talking to you. Sure. And we know each other to a point, mm-hmm. but there's 10,000 stories I have that you've never heard. and vice versa yeah so it's like i'm looking into your eyes i'm talking Mm -hmm. to you this device is capturing it yeah so for me it's like hey it's it's more than that you know sure because it's actually developing thoughts and then Mm -hmm. you say things that bring things up through me Mm -hmm. because for me it's like hey i'm developing every day there's something that's happening i go you know, I go to the end of the earth and back every day thinking right. about, okay, riding, what's riding to me? What's this? What's mm-hmm. that? You know, and it's thoughts everybody has. Right. Hey, I have right. to go to work today. I have to go to work in two weeks. I want to do another one of these fingers crossed episodes, uh-huh. but I've taken six months off work because I'm trying to make the best, yeah, yeah. the best spot yeah. for my son to be mm-hmm. right now. Right. So it's like, I'm trying to give him everything. But in that, it's like, I've taken time off of work. I sold my house. I downsized everything to a one-bedroom apartment. I have everything to the way... Everything's within hand's reach of me. Mm-hmm. I can get to the beach in two seconds. Yeah. So my son can sit here and watch a show, watch a movie, mm-hmm. and I can go surf for an hour and a half and be back in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know? 
yeah. be back and yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I'm constantly trying to change things to modify my life to mm-hmm. make sense and make it work for exactly how my life is. Right. He rides a 27.5 mountain bike. I would have loved, you know, he just got a bike from from Mike. Uh-huh. I would love for him to ride that all the time and yeah. hit jumps and yeah. be like, you know, any of the other kids. But you know what? He has this thing where he puts himself into a place we get riding and he's like, I'm going to climb that hill. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he's an amazing climber, mm-hmm. which most people hate climbing hills. Yeah, you go out yeah. riding mountain bikes. That's right. the one thing nobody wants to do is climbs. Right. And that's what he's looking for is climbs. So he looks and he goes and does a climb. And I'm like, yeah. wow, right. you just did that. Like, right. I, I could I can't even do some of the climbs he's doing and mm-hmm. he's nine years old he's gonna right. be 10 in a few months yeah so it's like for me once again opening up your mind and mm-hmm. saying hey it'd be awesome if he jumped you know the trails at posh or did this or did that yeah but he's finding his way and he's his place is you know he wants to do the uphill climb uh-huh Hey, if we can all embrace the uphill climb in life, right, right, and that's right. what we're looking forward to, rather than the the coast downhill, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's a pretty cool way to to look at things, you yeah. know. Sounds like he's going to open it, open your eyes to to a oh, lot of different God. things over his lifetime. He's Be, opened my eyes to so is, much. Patience, awesome. patience mostly. Yeah, because yeah. it's like the patience, you know, the patience you have to have with a kid, yeah. and they know exactly how to turn your gears, yeah. Yeah. and you're just like, okay, yeah. It's time, you know, and it's trying to be nice about it and right. have compassion at the same mm-hmm. time and still have like a, a firm, sure. you know, a firm place to where they can be like, hey, this mm-hmm. is the point you can't pass. Right, right. Which is a really hard one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know you're busy with Noah, but I, I do want you to be an uncle to my son now that he lives you know, like 15 <laughs> minutes away from you. But yeah, you know, it's it's hard to put that together because obviously it, ha- it has to be the kid's choice. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm hoping at some point he he takes on uh, a relationship with his uncle Garrett. Yeah, you know? hey, I'm here <laughs> because you. I never really thought about it this way until now. It's how great is it to have friends that you trust in different areas uh, of the country. Mm-hmm. And be able to say, hey, um, I, I could ask you anything about this area and say, hey, is that, I think that's cool for my son. You think that's going to be okay? You know, yeah. so it's nice to have that. Yeah. I mean, that. we have that around the world. You think we about do. it, yeah. you literally just touch a button now mm-hmm. and we can be like, hey, how's the weather in Cape Town today? Sure. And like, talk to my friend Tyrone and Mm-hmm. Ton of tons of friends there. Talk to my friend Russell in Australia and be like, "Hey, how's this today?" Yeah, and yeah. like they can tell you first, like, "Hey, yeah, things are great." Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's awesome and right. it's really cool to just have that that connection, mm-hmm. which can be to a fault at sometimes the mm-hmm. days when you're on Instagram for four hours mm-hmm. and you're just like your eyes are burning, mm-hmm. and everybody has those days, right? And then there's a day when you don't even touch your phone and you feel like you're, you know, mm-hmm. on a cloud. Right. So it's like, it's trying to find that balance and like that balance is so hard. Like we're always chasing it because it's like, we do good one day and then the next day, it's almost like you go off the rails because you did good the last day. Mm -hmm. So you're just always, I I go to a therapist once a week and 
Mm-hmm. My therapist, we always talk about just like balance in general. Mm-hmm. And my life is extremely in excess when it comes to riding, surfing, mm-hmm. you know, raising my son. Like everything is just to the, the utmost highest level of like, mm-hmm. I want to be the best dad I can be. I want to be the best rider I can be. I always push myself in that. Mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, if there's waves and it's good, I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Like that's just no questions asked. That's just... If it's six foot and mm-hmm. side shore and choppy, I'm still out there. I don't care. It's just, mm-hmm. for me, it's constant growth. Yeah. So deal, like dealing with things where I can't get to that place mm-hmm. to where I can't be the best dad one day, mm-hmm. or I can't be the best bike rider one day, mm-hmm. or I can't be, you know, the person I want to be one day. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle because that's the thing I deal with when I go to therapy once a week and I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I messed up this day this is how I felt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, maybe you should like be a little easier on yourself or mm-hmm. maybe you should not set your pole so high, you know, your goals, your end goal so high. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think that's, I'm, I'm a few months in on therapy once mm-hmm. a week and I have Noah going to therapy once a week, which is awesome because he has mm-hmm. somebody to talk to mm-hmm. with everything he's going through. Mm-hmm. And I can't push that enough because that's something that, is changing my life to make me realize that you can't be, you can't be a hundred percent every day, but being okay with 75% or even 20% some days, it's fine. Like tomorrow's going to come and then you just work on tomorrow. And it's just a constant, it's a constant fight to get to that next day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens easy. And then other days it's really hard. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. We, we touched on on the, on the last podcast. It's yeah. like people get in dark places mm-hmm. and I've dealt with it. A lot of people have dealt with it. A lot of people reached out to me, mm-hmm. which, you know, brings it a tear to my eye that they would, you know, trust me with their most valuable feelings. Like that's like, and most vulnerable really. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. your most valuable because you keep it so locked up. Mm-hmm. And then when you're able to let it go and it comes out, you feel better, mm-hmm. which is an awesome thing because you're getting mm-hmm. it out there. Right. When you keep it locked up, it's just growing and metastasizing. It's like mm-hmm. cancer. It just keeps growing and it's eating at you. But when it comes out, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And to have a therapist to go to every week and talk to, mm-hmm. um, that that's, that's helped me. Like Every time I go, it's mm-hmm. like there could be waves or I want to ride or something that day. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, and she understands. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, if you have to reschedule because you want to ride or surf," she's like, "I have no problem. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care." Because she's yeah. like wide open, and mm-hmm. her dad was a surfer. That's how. Oh, so that's how we it. met. Oh, okay. And I mean, thinking about my life changing as you know, being a a stay at home dad, or you know, stay at home dad right now, right, right. but a working dad, mm-hmm. and having Noah, having a relationship, mm-hmm. being engaged to somebody. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden going to being here with my son all week mm-hmm. and what that feels on a relationship, the the way I'm pulled in that way. Mm-hmm. And then the days I want to go ride, I can't. Mm-hmm. And the days I want to go surf, oh, I can't this day. Mm-hmm. I still get out there. I try to. I figure mm-hmm. out a way if it's an hour or, sure. you know, maybe if I can't surf today or I can't ride today, mm-hmm. I'm doing a six hour session tomorrow straight through. <laughs> I'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like there's been so many sacrifices. 
to get to where I am. And for me, that's my, my main goal is to work on myself and that therapy has made me whole Mm -hmm. more than anything has in the last, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much my whole life because you have somebody to open up to and talk to that doesn't only, she doesn't judge you Mm. or he doesn't judge you, whoever, you know, your therapist is, Mm -hmm. but they're able to give you tools to work forward for the troubles you're having and all those places that you lock yourself into. Mm -hmm. They have the key that you can put in that lock to pull you back out and bring you back into Mm-hmm. you know, mainstream society, if, whether you want to be there or not, because mm-hmm. I know most of the people I come across during the day don't relate to things the way I relate to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we still have to live side by side and hand in hand. And, right. you know, we still have to deal with, with everybody every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that because that's something that has a huge part in my life. And, you know, moving forward, that's, you know, this project. Mm-hmm my repeated head traumas, like all these things that go into this stew of Mm -hmm. Garrett Burns moving forward and decisions of, okay, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should not do that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's all, it's not easy. And it's changed. I mean, that's what I think is, is what's interesting to me is it was almost two years ago when we first, when we did the first podcast, Uh, a lot has changed. And I, I feel like you're answering a little differently now because life is changing for you. Yeah, life you know, has changed drastically. Which is good, which yeah. is okay, which I, yeah. I think I think people need to be okay with that. Yep. Me included. I'm I'm certainly I have me on the other side of the microphone. But I'm I absolutely know what you're talking about. You and, can you can reinvent yourself any day you want. You just mm-hmm. have to take that step and be like, Hey, listen, from now on, mm-hmm. this is it. Like I'm going to be who I want to be and nobody's going to stop that. Right. And I've gained more confidence over the last few years than I've had in a long time Mm -hmm. because people don't realize it, but riding BMX professionally Mm -hmm. for a long time, they think it's a dream job and this and that. But realistically, you're taking shots at your self-esteem on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and it cuts you down and it gets you to a place that's really tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's all these people that are coming out, mm-hmm. putting out their best thing. Hey, this is something I worked, put all my heart into. And they're putting out a photo or they're doing this or doing that. And then somebody comes in and they're like, yeah, that's lame. And then all of a sudden you have to, oh, yeah, well, okay, I'll work past that. Yeah. But there's a little percentage of that that gets stored down in you. Yeah. And that yeah. that kind of, you know, that grows eventually. So it's yeah. like, it's a really tough thing. Right. Really tough right. thing. There's a lot of it. This happened. This exact same thing happened when we were talking the last time because there's so much that I want to say, but I, it's family kind of stuff, and I don't feel. I'd feel it'd be a little easier to talk to you off the record. Yeah, I, no, I understand because it's their lives too. And yeah, they, and and they didn't. I they didn't give me permission to talk about yeah. everything. They. No. Oh, hey. that'd be great. We'd be here for another hour and you could help me uh, yeah. actually no, I, easier I, to take your therapist number. But. No, I I understand it because yeah. like even even when, you know, I go through, I get this, you know, the doctors go through mm-hmm. and I went through the whole the whole head trauma thing mm-hmm. and they said, don't ride your bike, don't right. surf, don't do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what about, I'll wear a helmet. And they're like, it doesn't matter. You wear a helmet, your mm-hmm. brain's to the point where if you hit your head in a helmet, 
you're still going to do, it's you're still going to have the shake. Like you're still going to get yeah. the damage that, mm-hmm. and they're like, there's a good chance you're going to have Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some sort of neurological disease moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, listen, is there a way to reverse it? Mm-hmm. They're like, no. And I'm like, you know what then? I'm just going right. to keep doing what I'm doing right. because right. I take care of myself I'm super crazy about my diet. Mm-hmm. I, I work out every day, whether mm-hmm. it's running or doing a hundred push-ups or surfing mm-hmm. or, you know, I always do something. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was able to pass their neurological tests and their physical tests to their highest, their highest end. Mm-hmm. It was what they asked the pro football players. Mm-hmm. So I had to run, you know, a mile and a half at 10 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. which I don't know if you ever ran 10 miles an hour before, but you're like, yeah, that's not bad for a sprint. Right. But for a mile and a half, you're mm-hmm. like, holy crap. Like yeah. I push myself to the edge yeah. and I mean, I'm in good shape, but like this right. was, you know, pro football, pro football player shape. Right. Right. So I was like, I, I finished and I pushed myself to the edge to finish every one of their tests mm-hmm. and I tested out of their program. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, you passed everything. And I was like, okay, I passed your neurological test. Mm-hmm. I passed your physical test. Mm-hmm. So what's next? And they're like, yeah, just don't do anything else. Just go back to do it. And I'm like, all right. So you just gave me this pinnacle that I have to reach. I reached the pinnacle and now I have to pull it back and live down here. Right. I'm like, I, that isn't something yeah. I agree with. Yeah. And for me, if I have Parkinson's in 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I've already done the damage. Right. I'll be careful moving forward. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I want to live my best life of, sure. you know. Right. Yeah. It's just the way it's hard to put it into words because it's mm-hmm. pretty emotional, but it's one of those things where you're just like, somebody tells you, you can't mm-hmm. do something. Right. I think the best way to prove to them you can't is to mm-hmm. make an example of yourself doing that exact thing that they told you that you can't do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I plan to do. Right. Moving forward. There's no doubt it's going to work because you, uh, it's really about you being the best you can be. You're going to bring yourself to the, to the happy, you know, to the happy medium or balance anyway. You yeah. don't need a doctor to tell you that, that you're only going to be balanced if you stop doing, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. And I try not to be a, conceited in it to where it's sure. like, Hey, the right. doctor doesn't know what they're talking about. No yeah, doctor knows, yeah. knows exactly what she's yeah, talking yeah. about. Right. She's, right. you know. She's mm-hmm. a professional in her field and sure. she's one of the best, mm-hmm. one of the best in the world. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, Hey, how many people have they told you can never walk again? Mm-hmm. You can never do this. You can never do that. And every one of them that gives them the biggest fight. And it's yeah. almost, you know, people are like, doctor shouldn't do that. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's something that the doctors don't realize, but when they tell somebody they can't walk anymore, mm-hmm. that puts a fight in them. Like, there's never been. Yeah. Some people it puts the opposite direction. Right. But yeah. that's a really hard that's a hard yeah. thing to swallow that some people take that opposite, uh-huh. you know, the plunge into like, okay, I'm done. I give up. Yeah. But for me, I'm not I'm not going to give up. And I'm trying to face everything moving forward of like, hey, what's mm-hmm. next? Bring it. Bring sure. it. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Take Scotty Kramer for instance. It was it's hard to not believe that they couldn't use that in a positive way and say, I'm going to say this because I know you're going to try even harder because mm-hmm. I told you you can't. You know what I mean? And then, so, so, oh yeah, I'm going to show you that yeah. I can. So 
obviously they, it's probably not said that way because there's too much liability for them I believe as yeah. doctors to, to, oh, to say that's oh, a sure. huge part of it yeah, yeah. but it, it would be uh It'd be nice if that was the case that, yeah. hey, uh, you know, in a perfect they're, world. Yeah, they're, they're actually using it to challenge you. But uh, anyway, you got to come up with that yourself or through yeah. friends or, or, you know, whoever motivates you the most. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited for the future. Like, not only this project, because it's going to kind of show people another version of something they love mm-hmm. that didn't really exists mm-hmm. nobody allowed to exist it's always been there mm-hmm. but nobody's just really tapped into it right. they've touched pieces right. of it but now it's a completely different thing to where you know hey right. let's go try this there let's mm-hmm. go here and try this right. hey you, this place was sandy we're not going to ride there right. now you can just coast right over it yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like okay like I think about it all the time of somebody like Scotty mm-hmm. he gets on a rigid bike and he's mm-hmm. able to ride and he can ride a little bit. He's mm-hmm. doing like he's jumping now and like it's mm-hmm. like he's he's totally he's like a superhero to me. Because yeah. what mm-hmm. he's made possible with it's almost like starting a fire with nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he's had like a pile of wood yeah. and he has two hands right. and he's rubbing his hands together to start a fire. And it's like he made it work. Nobody else can make it work. He made it work. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. people are looking at that. And they're like, okay, he made it work, right. and they're they're living off his energy, yeah. and that's so that's so beautiful to me. Yeah. But then you think about, okay, he's riding these rigid bikes. Mm-hmm. So what if he gets on one of these bikes, and yeah. all of a sudden he's like, right. whoa, I can hit a curb and get up a curb because a little bit of suspension or like a bigger wheel. Where I'm able to ride down a hill in the woods yeah. and you know be able to gauge roots and that'll give him a feeling he's never had before and have a little forgiveness in the bike that won't uh, exactly transfer, like on a, on a rigid BMX yeah. bike. a rigid BMX bike that's is it's literally like you think about it Absolutely a BMX wrong. bike with a hundred pounds of pressure in your tires that's generally mm-hmm. when I ride concrete parks mm-hmm. 180 to 100 pounds of pressure in your tires mm-hmm. and completely rigid yeah. If you drop it, it feels like a stone. Mm-hmm. There's no give anywhere. Oh my God, no. So this could be something moving forward for people with injuries or something that debilitates them from riding a normal BMX bike. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I can try this. Right. So that, that makes me excited too. Because mm-hmm. not only is it just for me and Ruben mm-hmm. and, you know, whoever else wants to try it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm like, hey, try it. Mm-hmm. Go out, buy a suspension fork. Like we got ours from uh, Manito. They make like a really good suspension fork. Right, right. They've been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. And they make an awesome twenty-inch suspension fork. So like, go out, get one, mess around, see what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's literally just trying stuff out. So the, so, with fingers crossed, mm-hmm. people at this point in the in the game here. <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> no, 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 probably not. Uh, because my mind goes all different directions. <laughs> but I'm thinking, okay, so to steal a Steve Crandall phrase, make your own fun. Yeah. Uh, so find a Mike Maloney or uh, Dave Harrison. Yeah. Or I'm going to forget someone. Uh, John Quartz is now welding on yeah. his own for FBM. Mike Laird. There's like there's Laird, so many yeah, there's I, so many people that make frames. I'm afraid I'm going to forget. So I probably yeah. shouldn't even start naming names. No, but honestly, those are some people we all know. But 
but it, at this point in the game with fingers crossed get the forks meet up with a guy that's willing to mess around with things and try something new like Mike did yeah I mean is that kind of where we're where we're at in, yeah in, I mean you can even you could even just get a pair of suspension forks and mm-hmm. put them on your BMX bike and mm-hmm. slide out your normal forks put an, another set on and just ride yeah just ride and see what right. it feels like yeah, and see if you'd yeah, even yeah. be into it some people might not be into sure. it and then be like oh cool you know yeah. try it out and then take it to the woods and mm-hmm. and that's the best part about it it puts you in a place where you mm-hmm. want to be anyway yeah, yeah. And you go to a state forest or you know a lot of these downhill mountain bike parks you're in like you're in the complete you're just encompassed by nature Mm-hmm. And you're in a place where you can disappear and not see anybody mm-hmm. and just sit and it's totally quiet mm-hmm. and you can kind of, you're alone with your thoughts, but you're still having fun. Uh-huh. You're still doing your thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we've always done that with trails Yeah. and I'll be, you know, I started as a trail builder and riding trails and that's most likely how I'll end mm-hmm. is riding trails and being a trail builder. Yeah. Cause that is for me, that time with yourself, building with your friends yeah. You know, reaching something, building something, achieving, you know, hey, from a thought, building it, yeah, yeah, yeah. riding it, jumping it, and then yeah. knowing that it's possible. Mm-hmm. That's like such a, you know, you have such a crazy equation of, okay, we start here, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's a thought, right. and then it ends up right. into fruition, you do it, and then, you know, mm-hmm. you're excited, and then you put that away, and then you go to the next one. and Right, that's, right. So yeah, that's, I was really hoping before we started talking today that you were gonna that you were gonna say this is gonna be your trail bike from now on because we all want to stop the no dig no ride and dry guys. Like <laughs> I thought we were coming up with a solution that was gonna make all trail guys yeah. happy, but man, yeah. all right, we're solving other good problems though, yeah. good challenges. But uh, anyway, where did you think I was going? Because I don't I don't think I. No, I thought you were going on the production of the bike because Ruben and I had talked, so many people had come up and talked about, uh, you know, I got messages just saying, like, how can I get one of these bikes? Sure. How could we, you know, are you going to produce them? Or is there going to be frame and fork available? Uh-huh. And right now, Ruben and I are just really kind of focusing on riding them and just enjoying them. Mm-hmm. But we put kind of feelers out to see what the possibilities are of people making them. Uh-huh. And honestly, I'd be excited to see what people came up with on their own of trying to make their own. And then moving forward, if we can have something made or we can mm-hmm. come up with a fork. Uh-huh. Like we've talked to a few fork producers to like, you know, maybe make a 20-inch fork. But um, With a, a disc mount. Yeah, yeah. Most twenty inch twenty inch forks have a dismount anyway. Oh, the ones that you were talking about buying. Yeah, everything has a dismount on them because they're for mountain bikes with disc brakes. Mm -hmm. For a twenty inch with disc brakes. Gotcha. So, most of the, I mean, that's one of the things you need to look for if you're going to go for a disc. Uh You need to get um, forks that are going to be able to hold a disc, and you're better off with forks with a through axle because they'll be a little bit more sturdy. Right. Because you do want them to be pretty heavy duty sure so you're not going to be snapping anything right but for the most part when you're feeling it out just starting anyway mm-hmm. I doubt you're going to get too nuts with it because you just kind of have to see where see where to go from there yeah yeah I'd... and just take it day at a time because that's what we're doing like we just enjoy it and we're just going to keep enjoying doing it mm-hmm. and if we are able to make bikes or Ruben wants to make bikes I have so much on my plate I can't take anything else on sure so for me it's like 
I have enough time to ride the bike mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do anything else that sacrifices my time to ride the bike. Mm-hmm. So, okay, start a company and make bikes, yeah. but then I can't ride a bike anymore. So for me, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not, I have a son to worry about seven days a week and mm-hmm. I'm not worried about you know, having another son. (laughs) Right, right. right. And people see it. I mean, FBM closing, I mean, it's not easy. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, this this is going to sound awful, but I'm kind of happy it's at its end. Yeah. You know what? It's one of those things where it's bittersweet because you love the lifestyle that the brand portrayed. Right. But at the same time, you see the stresses being friends with Steve, mm-hmm. being friends with everybody affiliated John, with it. Both, yeah. John, right. Herb, Herbals, like all right. the guys that, you know, I've known those guys yeah. almost throughout the whole entire time mm-hmm. of FBM. Mm-hmm. And knowing Crandall and knowing the stresses he go th- goes through on a daily basis, mm-hmm. that's really hard. And it's yeah. really hard. Like, it's almost like he has, he's going to have a new, new grown freedom now mm-hmm. of now where do I go? Like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. And, and, rad, and Rad Share is part of it. The Rad Share. Oh, my board. God. That's, I and mean, that's, that's unreal. That's such an awesome to, program. Yeah. If you can funnel it that yep. way partially, then I think that's great. But I, all in all, I think it's going to be for the better in the long yeah. run. And they all know this. I, yeah. I think this is more like, all right, everyone, don't this celebrate the time they, they had. Oh, my God. And, yeah. He's still going to be just as instrumental oh in stoking God. people up. It's yeah. not going to change anything. And they'll probably still sell shirts. And it'll be back to the early 90s FBM. FBM's you know? a bike company. Yeah. But anybody that's in the presence of anybody that mm-hmm. can change somebody like, like Crandall. Like sure. Steve, for instance, when you're in the presence of Steve and you're mm-hmm. in, you know, in front of Steve, yeah. he'll yeah. make you laugh until you're on the ground. And then at the same mm-hmm. time, he can turn it to where like it, he really makes you think. Mm-hmm. He's very he's been through a lot, yeah. and there's so much wisdom in him. Right. And same with that company. There's so much wisdom in that company. Oh. And for a company that's been around a really long time, that's been blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, FBM will always live on. Right. I've had stickers yeah. on my bike. I ride mm-hmm. for Terrible on just right. because I always love what they what yeah. they stand for. Yeah. So it's like for me. Sure. It's like I've worn their shirts, I've worn their hats. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it, yeah. and I will always know that uh-huh. to be what it is, right. and that'll never change in me. Yeah, yeah. And so will everybody else that ever rode at FBM or went to an event, mm-hmm. and all these things that that yeah. you know, and they all lead to to Steve and all the guys that were involved with it. Sure. And they're going to move on and do something just as creative, if not ten times more. Right. Because that was the birth of something. Yeah. And now as they progress, they're going to start as a baseline where mm-hmm. FBM stopped mm-hmm. and now they're going to take their next level yeah. of, you know, the next thing they do, yeah. which is really exciting. It is. It yeah. is. It's yeah. I, I, it, it is probably odd for some people to, to hear it this, this way, but I, I hope they think about it and, and understand that. Yeah. And this, this may be possibly the best thing that ever happened to all, we'll say four of them because that's what was left, right? Yeah. Four of them. Uh, it's the best thing that's gonna happen. I mean, I I'm excited to see what how how it all plays out, and I I'm uh, planning on meeting um, Steve and John. We want to do it together. Awesome. And and talk about it. and we're gonna talk about most of just basically this. Yeah. And I think they're gonna have the same kind of description of of, of how 
you know, how things can go in such a positive way from something that someone might think is negative. You know what I mean? Uh, those are great guys. Yeah. They're great guys. Definitely. I wanted to ask you one more question about the bike, and we'll kind of close it out and uh, go to the bike. I'll get some pictures of yeah. it. And, yeah, definitely. And, and push that out. When you have higher forks, does this mean you have to ride lower bars to compensate? It depends. Um, Ruben lowered his bars a little bit. I lowered mine a lot, but I always liked lowered setups. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I like balancing the bike, especially if I'm doing a lot of miles. So mm -hmm. I tried to balance my bike a lot. Ruben's riding a lot more jumps, mm -hmm. so his bike can be set back a little bit more because he's always riding on a downhill grade. Oh, so when you're riding cool, downhill, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter your dimensions so much. Sure. But it was funny because one of... One of the, the comments, like there's certain people that, that make comments on the bike. Uh-huh. And the one that I remember was uh, Terry Tanette. Yeah, yeah, Had commented yeah, yeah. on it. And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, it'd be, that'd be good if uh, with, without such a ridiculous bottom bracket height. And I'm like... This well, first is the of guy all, that rode a 40-inch wheelbase yeah, bike in pro but it's and just, wheelied the entire track. It's it's funny, though, because it's for me, <laughs> right. I'm like tight to that. And like, Which I just, is great, by the way. I don't mean I'm not saying No, but he's like a too, legend but, in BMX. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, to grab little bits and pieces from each person, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Like, I get it. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, how many times you've ridden some whack-ass hoopty bike in your life where you've made it work yeah. and you still had an awesome time on it. Yeah. And case in point, this is this bike. Yeah, yeah. Like the dimensions might not be prime, mm -hmm. but we're working on it. Right. And for right now, mm -hmm. the amount of good times I've had on this bike, like unreal. And what it's possible. I mean, the things that I've jumped mm -hmm. on this bike that I didn't think was going to be possible. I'm like, whoa, yeah. okay, that makes sense. That yeah. works. This works. Right. So it's going to be an evolution of this mm -hmm. bike. Right. And I'm really excited to see other people's version yeah. of what they see this. Mm -hmm. And I've already seen two or three people send me pictures. And they're like, hey, I made this. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's awesome. Right. Let's see what else you got. Like, cool. Let's try yeah. it. Like, So those are the people that are understanding, fingers crossed, the way it should be at this time anyway, yeah. for sure. And if it's, it may be this way forever. It may be yeah. just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> yeah. Was. And then other people say, oh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's another way for people to spend money on bikes like they're just going to spend more money on getting a suspension fork and this and that and realistically the suspension forks that we're running yeah we're only a hundred dollars more than pitchforks yeah. so like yeah. it's not that much more yeah and then the disc brakes you can have somebody weld tabs on at the local you know go down to the local guy that works on caterpillar equipment heavy equipment yeah, yeah. he'll weld tabs on your your bike yeah. and you can run a disc brake so just those two little things, and then you can run a two four tire, right. and all of a sudden you have a setup for mm -hmm. an extra two three hundred bucks. So it's not change hubs too. Yeah, the hubs are actually I have one right here. See oh, if you yeah. can see. What kind of hub is that? Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's one of those ones that you really like to hear when people are in the air. Yeah, no, it's a. Yeah. Uh, profile was really awesome. Like I I came to the project mm -hmm. and I I kind of figured out we're going to need like a really good back disc hub uh -huh. and Ruben was like well we should talk to Profile because they make the best they make the best hubs I mean this is cassette I, I'm I'm still so old school I, yeah. I still have TNT hubs that I've uh, 
that uh, that I screw on a regular free wheel. Yeah. So I've got uh, one of Profile's uh, multi-engagement, uh, I forget what they call it, there's like 100 points of engagement, but it's the same type thing, I would imagine. As I turn this, it's about the same thing. Yeah. For, so we for, went we went to um, to Matt Copeland from, from Profile, and we told mm -hmm. him, we explained him the project, and he's just, He's such an awesome guy when it comes to, hey, yeah. that sounds really interesting. Whatever you need, we'll help mm -hmm. you out with. Yeah. So he kind of stood up right from the get-go before we even did anything. Mm -hmm. I sent him one picture of Ruben riding. And he goes, well, if you and Ruben are going to do it, like I know you guys are going to kind of put something out that's like mm -hmm. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, let's do it. Uh -huh. Like He was just totally on board. And that made a huge difference because... Originally, I was going to ride an old Schwinn, um, an old Schwinn hub with a disc. It was just a regular freewheel oh, okay. hub, yeah. but it had a disc connection. It was like an old road bike hub. Okay. But it was single speed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I could have used that, mm -hmm. but this made life a lot easier. Yeah. So this profile <clears throat> hub, you could actually use it as a disc hub. Because mm -hmm. it has the disc mount on it, right? But if you didn't want to use it as the disc hub, uh -huh. you could just use it as a normal hub too, right? So it's not going to matter. Got like that. you can get this hub, right. and then you know if you decide to use a disc brake, great. Sure. If you don't, just take the disc off, and you can just use it as a normal hub. It's only you. a few grams heavier, so it doesn't doesn't really hurt anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that oh, that's awesome. And by the way, Matt Copeland is awesome yeah Such no a great, great guy, guy. But yeah so that's pretty cool that's awesome that you had that right there yeah yeah this one's for noah's bike because i just had a bike made for him yeah from mike that from mike maloney that right. had um disc brake on it because he wants to skid a lot because i want to be able to skid and i was like i'm gonna make you the best skidding bike there's ever been so i made him that's like awesome. an, a yeah. custom 19 inch frame it's actually an sfa a terrible yeah. one that he made and yeah. It's based around. Where were we? What do you want to? Uh, yeah, no, loves a good leads. skid. Yeah, he, uh, he's gonna drive me to the poorhouse, buying every kind of tire possible to skid through. <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. But um, we were talking about the the bike, and I actually pulled the bike over here. It's right next to us now, so I'm looking at it, so I could kind of go through it. So there wasn't anything that I forgot. Coming from the bars, I mean, I always rode Ergo Grips from when I was probably 10 years ago, like 30, because I had wrist problems. Mm -hmm. So I started using the Ergo Grips. Uh, Specialized makes them. There's a few other companies that makes them, but mm -hmm. um, there's like a flange on the outer edge that goes on your palm. Mm -hmm. So it saves um, a lot of energy that goes in directly into your wrists, is transferred into your palms. Mm -hmm. So if you case or you hit a really hard bump or there's a, you know, you just land really hard or, you know, land front wheel heavy. All the energy goes into the palms of your hands rather than your wrists, which right, saves your right. wrists a lot, which has saved me. You know, I, the first two weeks I used it, I went, I was riding posh and I hung up on the second to last one, the two fifties, I sprocket cased it. And that would have usually put me out for two or three weeks with a messed up wrist because mm -hmm. it just hyperextends my wrist because it doesn't have the range of motion it used to have. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to not only ride the rest of the day, but ride the next day. Mm -hmm. There was no pain whatsoever. So that was a no-brainer for me. I've been 10 years strong in these grips. And 
I mean, it's it's been a life changer for sure. I mm-hmm. use them on everything. And now if I go back to a normal set of grips, mm-hmm. like I'll ride somebody else's bike or I'll ride my girlfriend's BMX bike, I'll ride whatever. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of those things where you're just kind of like, holy crap. Like you realize how much pressure you put on your wrists all the time. Yeah. And this right. takes all that pressure off your wrists. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that's one less thing you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So that was that's on this bike also. Mm-hmm. Um, regular T1 bars. Creedence stem, I flipped it upside down to give me a little bit lower setup. So it's easier for me to uh, to be over my bars and I'm not back as much because mm-hmm. I do ride this a lot on flat flat surfaces and mm-hmm. uphills. Right. Um, the fork, this fork in particular is a little shredder fork. Um, this is our 20 inch suspension fork. Has a built in disc mount on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty pretty normal. We didn't really do too much to modify it. I think we run like a 140. I'm running 140 pounds of pressure in it right now, which is decent amount of pressure. Uh, I think mostly they're rated for 80 to 90 pounds for a kid, mm-hmm. but because we're heavier, we use them more. Right. And then if you're riding, say terrain that's pretty flat for a long period of time, and you don't want to do you know, you don't need a lot of suspension. You can lock mm-hmm. out the fork, mm-hmm. which makes it not move at all. It makes it like a stiff, like a regular rigid fork. Mm-hmm. And the front tire is a 2.8 Kenda. Uh, what is it? It's a Kenda Chaos Sport. So that has a tall tread on it. That will actually give you enough suspension just within the tire. Uh, okay. Even if your forks are locked out mm-hmm. to where you do have still you know half inch to three quarters of an inch suspension of Uh of play so your wrist will feel a difference in that and Mm -hmm. even your body like it's a lot easier on your body Mm -hmm. um front hub is profile disc hub you know with the set the back is the profile racing elite uh disc hub and i ride a 33 13 which is fairly easy to pedal but um makes it perfect for in the trails because you can i can max that out probably around like 18 miles an hour mm-hmm. which is plenty on flat ground sure but most of the time if you're riding downhill you're not pedaling right. and i can ride uphill at a pretty heavy grade for you know quarter mile and i'm still good awesome. so that's you know like i said i try to maintain my fitness through this mm-hmm. to where i don't have to ride a mountain bike i can ride a bmx bike i never right. sit down i stand up the whole time um this bike has 175 cranks on it um i've been riding a lot more uh mountain bike pedals lately because there's a larger footprint on the mountain bike pedal right which makes especially if you ride vans or floppy sole Mm -hmm. um the larger footprint on say like uh kona pedal dmr iss pedal Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different pedals out there you'll see them if you search for them Mm -hmm. but try out some of the mountain bike pedals they have a bigger bigger footprints your feet don't fold over the pedals as much you get more torque riding Mm -hmm. and not only that when you land harder you have more surface area in your foot so you won't hurt your foot as much Mm -hmm. because a lot of the bmx pedals you land hard your foot folds over the pedals you bruise your you know you bruise the ball your feet like a dx style pedal old exactly 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 and you know hopefully bmx will go in that you know in the future they'll move Mm -hmm. to larger bodies on Mm -hmm. the pedals but that is fairly hard to switch because they have mm-hmm. to switch all their pedal molds it's very expensive right, right but hopefully a few of the bigger companies can get in and do some you know because mm-hmm. i was a fan of ruben's pedals they were the best but now i started riding these bigger pedals 
and it allows me to not only get more torque when I'm pedaling, mm-hmm. but if I land hard, it saves me, you know, bruises on my feet, which yeah. entail lets me ride more. And they look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the frame I'm riding, this is the, the T1 SFA 21 and a quarter. Um, the back dropouts, Joe will take some pictures of this. It's actually slotted. So Mike Maloney, um, Defcon built a slot. It's actually a dropout that fits into the old dropout, which drops the, the pedal or the, um, the axle about an inch and a half back and an inch down, which levels the bike out. Uh, because the higher uh, front end? Yeah, because the, the front end's higher because of the fork, so that levels out mm-hmm. the back end. Got it. Um, that's really it. The what, what brakes am I running here? I think I have SRAM, SRAM brakes. I just went through the garbage pile. That's the good thing. Our, what we need for, say, these bikes, uh-huh. a lot of people buy mountain bikes, and right. they peel off the stock brakes, they peel off the stock discs, they uh-huh. get different rotors, okay. and they just throw them in a bin, and they end up sitting in a bike shop. You can go in and get a lot of this stuff secondhand or used, mm-hmm. and people always want to upgrade their bikes. You can have the worst disc brakes, and they'll work better than any 990 you've ever had. Right, right. So you can just kind of get something. These I just found in the free bin. Yeah. You know, the rotors are, I couldn't even tell you what, but I mean, I think they're one, these are 140s. We tried mm-hmm. 120s, but they're 140 size rotors and then just regular calipers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're hydraulic hydraulic discs. We right. found that the cable discs weren't enough. We needed the hydraulic discs. Uh-huh. And this, the one day I rode at um, Revolution Bike Park was downpouring. Okay, and that was the one in England, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah literally was downpouring. Mm-hmm. And I rode in mud mm-hmm. and straight rain. Yeah, I've never rid- ridden anything that yeah. wet in my life. Yeah. Alone being a kid riding through a puddle. Sure. That's realistically what it was because I was yeah. wearing goggles, like I was wearing a helmet. I was yeah. covered in mud. Yeah. And still jumping 30 foot chunks. That's insane. So it's pretty crazy. That was like kind of like, holy cow. Wow. Like this is something that you could never do on something else. Sure. But this makes it possible. Yeah. The bigger tires, the disc brakes, everything in it. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, uh, the bash guard built by Mike Maloney. Um, That was just, you know, I said, yeah, I think I want a bash guard on it too. Not Uh only did I notice um, I was able to hit things with it and it didn't matter. Yeah. But it gives me an extra two or three pounds of weight in the center of my bike, uh, which okay. gives me more, more, uh, more weight to the bike. Because the more the heavier this bike is, the better it works at speed. In, at speed and yeah. in the air. Yeah, I never would have thought about it that way, but yeah, because you're sense. jumping a bigger jump. The oh. heavier your bike is, the smoother it is in the air. And, you that's know, it's a little harder to move around, but at the same time, it's... Well, if you're going a distance, that's what you want, That's right? what you want. And right. that's the biggest difference between this and the downhill bike, mm-hmm. is that you can get on this bike, mm-hmm. ride the same trials as a downhill bike, but you're able to move the bike in a quarter of a second, you could be at 90 degrees. Yeah. Where with a downhill bike, it's going to take you a lot longer to mm-hmm. get to that point. Gotcha. And this, you can jump a rock uh-huh. and jump 20 feet off a rock mm-hmm. and land whipped out and go right up to the right instantly and go in a different direction. Sure. A downhill bike, it takes more time mm-hmm. to get to that place where you want to go. Yeah. 
So that's the whole thing is you just have to change your mindset of you might be going slower than a downhill bike Mm -hmm. at times, but it's more maneuverable. You're able to lean it over. You're allowed to, you know, you can carve through something and lean it over really well, which Mm -hmm. you can't do with a normal downhill bike. Right. And then the Kenda Chaos Sport Tires. I have a 2.8 front and a 2.6 back. Um, The 2.8 is kind of extreme. You could do a 2.6 front and back. Mm -hmm. You could even do a 2.5. I think Maxxis makes a tire that's pretty good in a 2.5, 2.6. So there's a few tires out there that you have a choice. When we first did this, they had no 20-inch tires that were this size. Uh, So originally we used unicycle rims and tires that were 19-inch, but they were 2.6. Oh, okay. So that allowed a bigger tire... Uh huh. With a shrunken rim size. Yeah. But then by the time I got that bike going, uh-huh. they created these tires for the downhill, the kids that ride downhill mountain bikes. Gotcha. At 20 inches. 20 inch, right. So we were able to switch everything over before we were even getting it out to the mountain. That's pretty wild that you can tap into the downhill mountain bike world and use parts of theirs yeah. to make this up. Oh, That's, yeah. That is really cool. Yep. And it's all their cheap parts, which is the best thing. Yeah. Because yeah. these tires, they're not, they're not a lot. Mm-hmm. And regular mountain bike tires are $100 a piece, you know? Sure. And these ones aren't, they're not that expensive. Mm-hmm. The disc brakes and, and uh, rotors, mm-hmm. a lot of the times are just garbage. Oh, right. Oh, right. and my sprocket, 33 tooth um, stove dialer from Derek Gerard. Oh, that's why I saw that comment of course, saying, yeah. you, better, you better guard that sprocket <laughs> that I made. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Derek's awesome. He's yep. made some great stuff for my bike, too. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that, that's uh, it. Seems like it geometry wise. You know what the what it kicks the head tube out to, or or in. <laughs> that's funny because we've gotten so many geometry questions. Yeah, and honestly, we never measured anything. We just kind of went by eye. Oh really? And that's another fingers crossed thing where we're like, hey, listen, <laughs> like we're just gonna make it work. Yeah. And as yeah, long yeah, as it yeah. works and it rolls, right. we'll ride it yeah, yeah. and then go from there. We'll figure it out later. Right. I'm not a geometry guy. Yeah. I could get on my bike or I could get on Clint Reynolds' bike, could get on your bike, mm-hmm. or I could get on Trey Jones' bike. Right. And I rode um, Stevie Hamilton's bike one time. Oh, okay. And his bike had a 19-inch top tube, like so tiny. He rides an insanely small bike. Really? Yeah. So I got on his bike one time and I was like, whoa. And I still felt comfortable, and it was still fun. 19? So for me, yeah. Yeah, it's like 19 and a half. I haven't seen those dimensions since the 80s. That's why it's a custom bike. Early a lot 80s. of times he was riding flatland bikes when he was younger. Huh. Like, but you see him, look, kids, kids' photos of him mm. when he was younger, mm-hmm. he had a really big bike. Oh, okay. And then he dialed it in to the way he rides. He rides a smaller bike, I a smaller gotcha. setup. It's okay. really short. Must be. And it works for him. I mean, he does stuff that, like, especially his 360s, like... He does certain things for a spin. Mm-hmm. That bike works perfect for his body size and the yeah. way he does things. Yeah. Then that's, I mean, that's, this whole project is that in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. It's finding something that works, but it might not work perfectly, right. but still making it work and then something comes out of it. Yeah. Like, I might not know the dimensions. The back end's, uh, you know, almost inch and a half longer than what it was. And I sure. think it was a 14 and a half. Yeah. So it's probably around 16 inches, the back end, Mm -hmm. which makes it a little bit harder to uh, manual. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you're doing, you know, 40 miles an hour down a mountain, you don't need to manual that much. Yeah, you don't really need to manual that much. 
Satoshi does. That's it. No. Just Satoshi. Yeah. That's it. Oh, he he could get on it and probably go two blocks he down probably, the road. Yeah. He could get At on. Speed. Yeah, he could manual like uh, power wheels. You know, oh, it doesn't okay. matter for him. Yeah. So this is this is the fun machine for me, and I still have my other bike. And what what I'll do is I'll have Joe shoot a photo of my other bike mm-hmm. head to head with this bike, so you can see the exact bikes head to head because they all have pretty much the same parts besides the right. you know the downhill parts on them, same dimensions, the frame and stuff. So you'll probably be able to see by eye sure. the differences in the in the bikes. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. We'll do that. Take some pictures. Do that outside. Yeah. So we're pretty good with this part indoors. Yeah, yeah. Any other questions everything. anybody has, um, send them all to Ruben because I'm sick of answering them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just send them to me or send them to Ruben, either one of us. Like, we have fun talking about this stuff and we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, my schedule is kind of crazy, so I can't get back to you always right away. You know, I'm not about answering any and every comment that comes across. Right. But right. if somebody DMs me, I'm usually pretty good about getting mm-hmm. back to you and mm-hmm. I can give you a pretty good answer to whatever you know, whatever your questions are on these bikes or any of the terrible one stuff, you know, even the profile stuff from what I know, I can help you guys out because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always for pushing, you know, what, what makes you, you happy. And yeah. this stuff has made me so happy. So yeah. I'll definitely push it. Okay. As far as, uh, as far as you, as far as we want to go and as far as you want to know. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, right. Well, this has been great. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to, uh, touch on the the success of your last podcast and your impact and then uh rolling over to to your second podcast with me and talking about this because this this has just been awesome and i think something i was really excited to to come see and have you explain because i didn't really understand exactly what was was going on uh as far as what the fingers crossed was about and and uh production and all those questions that that people were excited about so this is this is perfect it answers answers everything awesome yeah so we'll hit outside always glad to do it and um like i said as always you you need to be your biggest fan like you need to take things seriously about yourself Get a therapist if you need a therapist. It's not mm-hmm. it's not like one of those things where you're like, oh my god, I got a therapist. Like I'm a freak. Like, you right. know, it's like it's not it's it's 2020. Like we've grown so much, and yeah. this is something that helps us mm-hmm. so much, and you're better every day for it. And mm-hmm. honestly, like I don't think I'd be where I am now if it wasn't for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for me getting to that point. Because now I look back and I'm like, holy crap, I could have used that so many times. Yeah, right. And that would have made things so much so much easier. Yeah, yeah. And this, keep your mind open. Yeah. You know? Enjoy your enjoy your life every day. Don't be afraid to ride a freak bike. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. It's a freak bike. Everybody looks at it and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm convinced. And when people, well, people will have gotten to this point in the podcast anyway, they'll be convinced after all those stories of of riding in europe so this is in yeah. here and you know mount yeah. creek oh yeah everywhere everywhere yeah you've, everywhere. Ridden, you've, you've tested it on yeah. on a lot of terrain so it's it's pretty pretty cool so uh yeah we'll hit that uh i just wanted to thank you for for making the time to yeah. do this you're always a pleasure to see thank and you talk to and uh i'm excited about this for for everybody thank, thank you so much like it's it's awesome to be able to talk to talk about it mm-hmm. 
and talk to you about it. And um, for me, anybody that ever wants to talk, send me a message. I've mm-hmm. always, I try to get back to anybody who messages me. But mm-hmm. if you're having a hard time with anything, like, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's bike dimensions, even though I don't know shit about them, like, <laughs> I'll try to tell, I'll try to tell you something about it. Like, I don't know much, but I don't either. I was just, I figured <laughs> someone wants to know the angle of the head tube. So yeah. I better just ask, but I mean, Terry Tanette's bottom bracket's three inches too high. It's like, okay, Terry Tanette, like. <laughs> You're, you're, you know, one of the best all-time <laughs> racers. You've raced for, you know, 50 years. Right, I get right. it. I, I get it. Yeah, but this yeah. works. So right. same as, uh, you know, uh, two-hip pork or basic, mm-hmm. you know, from the 90s. Like, they were crazy dimensions, but right. they, they worked. And yeah. that's it. Thank right. you to Ruben, especially, because this is his brainchild. Mm-hmm. This is his, you know, version of what's up in his brain mm-hmm. is always just developing right and this is something this is my version of his version his version of the bike is you know completely different to mine because it's dual suspension Mm -hmm. and he could tell you a hundred things from from his his version of his bike right so this is only my version there's another Mm -hmm. half to this yeah and i'm able to give you you know my my version the best i can sure but hopefully we'll get a version from him uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> real soon. And then uh, you can kind of, you know, see what, what he's thinking. Sure. But thanks to Profile. Thanks to Terrible One. Um, thanks to Revolution Bike Park. Thanks to Ruben again. Yeah. Thanks to Mike Maloney for doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. in the back of the frame and developing the new frame, which I'm so excited for. Uh-huh. Um. Thanks to Animal for the rims. Thanks to Belmar Bike Shop. They've always been a huge help. And thanks to anybody that's like, you know, said what's up and took a ride for it and came back with a positive attitude on it because that mm-hmm. pushes a, it's a really, really cool thing moving forward. And I'm excited for the future for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go hit the outdoors. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you, Garrett. No problem. Thank you. No problem.